Jarvis, drop my needle. Hello, this is the hardcore legend Mick Foley, and if you are interested in listening to idiots, you came to the right place. Have a nice day. Woo! That's an attention getter. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. What we're dealing with here is a complete lack of respect for the law. Oh my God, he's an idiot. You know, of course, that you're out of your jurisdiction. Personally, I think you're an idiot. But that's the evidence in the car. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Always like to keep my audience riveted. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, and welcome to Free Range Idiocy, the podcast about everything, but mostly just the stuff we like. Previously on Free Range Idiocy, Starbuck was doing reckless hotshot fighter jock things. Colonel Ty was, of course, drinking. Adama was admiraling. Rosalind was presidenting. Baltar was doing, well, Baltar things, which could involve anything from being the downfall of humanity to developing a Cylon detector to leading his own naughty harem cult. And your humble hosts were doing their best to make choices which would make the wise Solomon shrug and go, I don't know. But we're back at it again in this episode 96, Battlestar Galactica Bracket Region 2. I am your Uncle Todd, and with me, as always, is the man who is the most over-dorm room wrestler at the University of Connecticut for about six months until his ill-advised heel turn. He has been my partner in DC for over two decades and is the master of the Falcon Punch. I give you the man they call Tim. Greetings and salutations, my friend. My goodness, there's there's so much in that intro. I, I, I don't know what to do. We'll we'll parse through it together. However, I just do want to let you know the Falcon Punch is a real thing. I found out about this today. Have you ever heard of the Falcon Punch, sir? Um, I, I do play from time to time uh, Smash Brothers with my sons, and uh, there is a a Falcon character in there who says Falcon Punch and does something, and that's all I know. So that that's my context for the Falcon Punch. So apparently, this is a real thing in nature. Like oh. falcons, apparently they, their claws are not big enough that they can just like like an eagle come down and scoop something up or any of the larger birds of prey. They can't like just come along and go, you know, well, whatever <laughs> sound a falcon makes, you know, that that like the sort of thing that I yeah, can't do. Yeah. Um, but what they do is they clench their talons into fists and they wow. just dive and then they just punch the living hell out of whatever it is that they want to eat. Really? knock it silly interesting and and then they like come on up to it and then they're like hey now i'm just gonna peck you to death it it is like the most psychotic thing in nature that i've seen recently but yes the fact that this thing is like yeah you know i could go out hunting and i could do this but you know what i'm just gonna punch the living crap out of it i mean it's it's essentially like it's the luthez press Mm-hmm. in action just and just of, of you know nature. I, that, that, that exactly is so so in the span of five minutes we have uncle todd uh, as mutual omaha's wild kingdom we uh-huh. have the ill-fated heel turn from my dorm room wrestling days which yes know, we, indeed we'll, we'll talk I, about later i told you you and you and the big show have had more heel turns just i know keep going back and forth if you just stayed with one you would and have been then, a king and then you know as you do the recap you you didn't mention helo noir Oh, I know. Oh, you're right. <laughs> now, wait a minute. Is that, is that you at a strip club? What are you doing? Is there tassels involved? Where are you heading with this? Tomo, I just want you to know, like, that had nothing to do with that. That was all in Tim's sick, twisted brain. Oh, all good right? Lord. I had nothing to do with... That did not come out the right way. 
with like you know Hilo uh, on on occupied Caprica running around like oh gosh some some dude with a saxophone behind him. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> this is what happens when I don't rehearse ahead of time. <laughs> oh, like you've ever rehearsed? Like any of this is rehearsed? Oh, Which I mean, thank goodness it isn't because if this was rehearsed and this is as good as it was, oh my gosh! Oh, we, at brother. least we can go by the fact that we just wing this every single week, and that's at least oh. our our justification. Well, that made anyways, me laugh. <laughs> we are once again, uh, you know, 15 oh. minutes into the show now. We're we're actually going to talk about somewhat of what we're doing this week. Uh, this is actually episode two in our. 18 part episode <laughs> series of <laughs> finding the, the best Battlestar Galactica episode. Uh, this is region two, so it's going to be a series of four, and then I think we're going to do a fifth to kind of tie things all up because we haven't made enough out of ourselves in just four episodes. We need to have five. Which I find rather impossible to believe. So we are going to go through each of these region by region. We're going to find our last uh, last episode. Uh, go back and check out episode 90. What was it? 95? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because this is 96. Wow, it's amazing how uh, math works. It's crazy. Numbers! Gosh, that's not even math. That's just counting. That's basic <laughs> basic counting. Oh, my man. God. We're on counting a roll, my, Counting my daughter could have done in like first grade, and here I am uh, mid-40s man oh. going I don't know. Um, anyways, so before we get into that, though, however, we do need to get into a little thing that we call the Week in Geek, where we talk about just little bits and uh, foibles of geekdom that aren't quite ready for their own episode, but we, we feel they merit uh, mention. However, uh, before we get to that, we actually do have another Week in Geek sponsor. Ah, nice. This episode's Week in Geek is sponsored by... Baltar brand cigars for when you need a good solid smoke in between disasters or while searching for the next lie that will somehow against all reason and logic manage to keep you alive for another month or two in spite of your absolute utter unequivocal guilt reach for Baltar brand cigars the smoke of the guilty and also acts as a backup incense for your harem slash cult room available on most of the 12 colonies sorry Sagittarion no more Mr. Nice Guys so funky. Well, uh, we will kick off round nine, my friend. Round nine. Oh, dear God. No, no. I thought we were done with this. Star Wars Red Five. Are I thought you ready, we agreed sir? that eight weeks was enough. I mean, uh, isn't that like, no isn't that TV agreement. show? Like, eight is enough? Uh, or in that, this that case, is a like, TV show that is not an agreement we, we, we reached, unfortunately. So In this uh, case, like, eight is just way too friggin' many. Please, dear God, make it stop. Maybe next week, round 10. Or maybe we just go take it to the end of this BSG series, maybe round 12. We'll yes, because it totally makes sense that we're going to do the Star Wars trivia all the way through the BSG episodes. But well, sure, whatever... Whatever you know makes you feel good about yourself. I'm I'm here have, for you. I have selected some some questions that I think you of will, course you have uh, y- you will enjoy, and I think uh-huh. uh, that are not in the realm of trying to figure out what class of ship this is. I, I think these are questions that will. Uh, uh, be be attainable and and will be uh, educational for for all of us uh, participating and listening. Yes, and of course, as always, Tim is the person who has the book with the answers in another state, and I'm the one who's hearing these for the first time. So you can That's guess right. how this is going. What's the score so far, Timmy? Uh, I'm ahead uh, thirty to twenty-five. Would you look at that? Holy. 
sorry. Is that, did I say that out loud? <laughs> oh, your family members are going to come check on you, make sure you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Probably. Actually, no. They they know at this point. They're just like, just let him. He'll eventually fall asleep. Uh, Dad just does that. He just starts, you know, rambling on in loud decibel levels. I'm like an infant with gas. They're like, eventually he'll cry himself to sleep. Good lord. He'll, he'll just <laughs> fart, fart and cry himself to sleep, and he'll be fine. And if he poops oh. his pants, we'll just clean up in the morning. Oh, well. <laughs> All right. Well, barring any further, what are we talking about again? What's going on? Fluids going. Uh, let's start with uh, question one of round nine. Here we go. Oh, goody. What was Grand Moff Tarkin's first name? What was Grand Moff Tarkin's first name? Was it? Are a, you fracking kidding me? Was it A. Maurice? Oh, you're gonna love this. <laughs> B. Wilhelm. C. Will Huff. Or D. Morris. <laughs> More is Tarkin. <laughs> I hate you so much. I just what? this I, is attainable. It's it's you. How are heard. we still friends? That's what I want to know. Like after I, after I eight weeks of this, how are we still friends? It's putting it to the test. I know that much. I'm gonna. Yeah, uh, uh, it's definitely not Maurice. Okay. I just love these choices. There's no Tom or Bob. It's or, it's, or, or Morris if you prefer. <laughs> I mean, whichever. Right. <laughs> Maurice, I'm gonna go Wilhelm, Wilhoff, or Morris. I'm gonna go with uh, just for just for giggles. I'm gonna go with Wilhelm because the Wilhelm Wilhelm, Wilhelm scream, and also uh, wasn't it Tarkin who was in a bunch of old like Hammer monster movies or whatever? I think so. And I'm gonna guess that maybe they used a, a name from there. And if not, then that's a total lost opportunity, and it's another reason to be mad at George Lucas, which I can always use in one of those. So, mm. what'd you say? Uh, my guess was Will Huff. Okay, so it's definitely Will Huff. So, what's the right answer, Tim? Uh, C. Will Huff. Oh, shocking! <laughs> shocking, I say. It's it's oh, almost like the fix is in with this. Oh, stop it! Almost like the fix is in. But I mean, of course, this is all in the up and up. Wink, wink. I knew it wouldn't be A or D, and I believe uh, I don't know if it was in some other show or somewhere else, but I thought I remember hearing Will Huff being his well, first name. I knew name it wasn't going to be A or D because I looked in the book and it said C, so I, I knew it wasn't A or D. And... Before I looked in the book, it's on the up and up, sir. Right. Okay. All right, here we go. Question two. How tall is Chewbacca? Two you know point- what? You can just take a Chewbacca <laughs> and shove it where the sun don't shine. <laughs> Come on now. I don't you know this anymore than you do. boil on a Bantha's buttock. Okay. What? What in the world? Are we, now, are we talking like legit height? Like, are we talking like the legit Chewbacca, like in real life? Are we talking like in some like EU freaking novel from 1987? I don't know where these measures come from. They just come from the book. So, uh, so, and and you'll love this. It's it's in the metric system, not the English system. So, of course, a 2.41 meters. B 2.28 meters. C. 2.36 meters or D 2.52 meters. Let's just go with C. So you're going to go with C. I, uh, on the other hand, chose D, which is going to be the right answer. So okay. Uh, which is not the right answer. The correct answer. Oh, you answer, decided to throw this one, huh? Okay. No, I was surprised by this. Uh, I had went for 2.52, which was D, mm-hmm. uh, because Chewbacca is rather tall. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, the answer actually is 2.28 meters. Uh, so that is letter B. Great. So we both got that one wrong. Now, if it would help, uh, a meter is somewhere in the range of three feet. So uh, it basically means that Chewbacca is probably uh, somewhere in the vicinity of uh, six foot six, six foot seven. Which seems weird because I thought Peter Mayhew was over seven feet tall. Well, that's why I went 2.52 because I was thinking about Peter Mayhew and what his real height is, thinking that would be what they go off of. But they said 2.28. So what, they, they, they got this incredibly tall guy and then had him slouch? Or, or is this to- thing just totally, like, wrong? I don't know. This is... This whatever. is totally illegitimate. I want all of these results thrown out immediately. Oh, good Lord. All right, moving on to number three, which you're going to love me even more for. Um, Yeah. How tall was Princess Leia? A, 1.5 meters. Oh, and we're in the frickin' metric system again. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Hey, at least they didn't switch over to the English on this one. (laughs) And I I, I did fail to mention, sorry, all of these questions, we've been kind of focusing on different films. This is focused on A New Hope. We went Undertaker old school on this one uh so how tall is princess leia a 1.5 meters b 1.1 meters c 1.9 meters or d 2.1 meters uh man they call tim gives the hint that a meter is somewhere in the vicinity of three feet so um choose wisely sir you know it's funny you mentioned the undertaker because i would love to choke slam you right now Rest in peace. I would, I would give anything to be able to do that right now. Um, what Thank were the you. first two options again? Uh, first one was a 1.5 meters, b 1.1 meters, c 1.9 meters, and d 2.1 meters. Now, keep in mind, Chewbacca we just found out was 2.28. I'm gonna go with 1.2. Uh, 1.2 is not one of the options, sir. I thought you said it was 1.2. No, uh, point, D is 2.1, A is 1.5, B is 1.1, C is 1.9. Okay, let's go with 1.1. 1. 1. So you, you, you think minute. Princess so, Leia is three feet tall? I don't I don't know about this crap, okay? Uh, what, was, what was A again? 1.5. Let's go with 1.5. What the hell? All right, that is what Just I guess. Get this over with. That is what I guessed. And that is the correct answer, sir. So well done. Wow. Great. And you're welcome. So we we tie once again. <laughs> on and on in this never-ending cycle <laughs> of Tim just getting over on me. <sighs> making himself feel better. I'm just getting out some, some good old Star Wars knowledge is all. Mm-hmm. Uh, number four. With whom did Obi-Wan study during his exile on Tatooine? A, Yoda, B, Qui-Gon Jinn, C, Ki, Adi, Mundi, or D, Luke Skywalker? With whom did Obi-Wan study during his exile on Tatooine? This isn't in the New Hope. Well, I think they pull in some, you know, book stuff here and there. Oh my gosh. Well, we, we think about it though. All right, I know Luke isn't an option. Qui Gon dead. 
No, and, no, and, no, no. Think about End of Rise of Skywalker. Or not, sorry, not Rise of Skywalker. Um, Revenge of the <sighs> Sith. Revenge of the Sith. Thank you. Yeah, Qui Gon dead, isn't he? What yes, did the, when, but okay. what did Yoda say to Obi-Wan before Obi-Wan oh, departed for Tatooine? Fine, we'll go with Qui-Gon. That is what I selected, and it is correct. Okay, well done, sir. Is that it? Are we done now? Number five. <laughs> oh, sweet God. <laughs> According to Obi-Wan Kenobi, for how long had the Jedi been the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy? A, a couple million years or just over this length of this segment. <laughs> a, more than a hundred generations. B, more than a thousand generations. C, more than two millennia. D, more than two thousand years. I selected B, more than a thousand generations. I'll go with B. And you would be correct, sir. Well done. Yay. So, uh, man, they call Tim got uh, four correct. Uncle Todd got one, two, three correct. So, 34, 28, sir. And the rich keep getting richer. All right. Well, well done, sir. Another another highly energetic and spirited edition of a Star Wars Red 5. Thank you, sir. Mm, blow it out, your bamboo hole. <laughs> Moving right along. Uh, this one uh, comes by way of Uncle Todd, actually, who uh, hit me up with this. And I read it and said, well, of course, because if I wasn't already annoyed with the Batman and Robert Pattinson playing the Batman and everything about this film, uh, this just got my blood po blood pressure uh, up a, a smidge as well. So apparently AMC decided to trial variable pricing with the Batman when it debuted. So that means they are charging more money for the Batman on opening weekend and I believe maybe the weekend after mm -hmm. uh, than other movies uh, that are already that have already opened and are present in the theater as a means of testing this out so AMC Entertainment is uh, playing around with yet another way of squeezing another penny or dollar out of your uh, wonderful hands thoughts on this sir well, on one hand, they do they do make kind of an interesting point in that this is something that is done in in the in other events. Mm -hmm. If you yeah. want to go see a concert, you're going to pay more to go see, you know, someone who's really hot right now, mm -hmm. or like a legacy act. Like you're going to go see like say Billy Joel or Stevie Wonder or something like that. Someone that you know, they don't tour constantly and consistently and they can charge a premium. You're going to pay for more for that than, you know, someone down at the honky-tonk bar around the corner. And rightfully so. Yeah. However, with the way that theaters have have gone in the past couple of years, and, and by that I mean just in the way they've gone in terms of direction, but also just plain old gone, like theaters be closing it seems like a very ill-advised time to to trial something like this like it seems like you're you're not reading the room very well when you're just getting people to go back to the theater and yeah. you decide you know what hey i know you're glad to be back and you just started coming back to the movies and we lost a whole bunch of money so guess what we're now going to screw you over that's what it kind of feels like yeah that's what i was going to say that you know, for an industry that is trying to find its way in the age of, of streaming and in the age of, you know, 
things like a pandemic that keep people at home not going out um it seems yeah rather counterproductive to all of a sudden start to say well hey we're gonna we're gonna bleed you for a little more money now yeah and, and it's one of those deals where it it's very much like like the the music industry when they did not get behind uh online music streaming and things like that and they yeah. they fought it just like they fought everything else they fought the idea of of getting tapes out you know and mm-hmm. people being able to actually re- record their music onto cassette tapes that was a huge deal same with vhs uh, cassettes in the in the in the movie industry like people were just studios were absolutely frightened that this was going to drive them out of business yeah. and much the way that the music industry was so far behind the curb curve when streaming started coming out and then you went people end up pirating it because they want the music or mm. or it's just so difficult to deal with some of these things that they will go and and pirate it and then they have to go back and fight it and it's still a mess if you look at it i mean if you look at apple music or itunes or whatever the crap it's called now i mean and i'm i'm a diehard mac guy like i have bought yeah. into the ecosystem i'm so far in like i'm not getting out even I look at the way that they do their their music, and it is crap. Yeah, it is a bloated piece of software that sometimes will split up an album for no good reason. So that I've got like three different listings for the same album with different tracks in different places, and it, it makes no sense whatsoever. It is the worst thing if you were actually into music and trying to search through stuff. Yeah, but it's one of those deals where it's it's when pirating makes a huge comeback, which it I think. The numbers had gone down a little bit because of just the availability of streaming and making things a little bit easier that way. When when pirating takes over again because people are like, I'm not going to go watch it for an extra $5. And that's where it's going to end up because, as we all know, like studios are in nothing if not just greedy. Hmm. It's going to make it really hard to feel bad for these guys. Like yeah. really hard. Like it's, yeah. it's like It's like asking me to root for, you know, I don't know. I, I can't even come up with a comparable because I, you know, I would say like the Nazis in freaking Indiana Jones, but I mean, mm. I, that's kind of overselling it. But I mean, yeah, you're yeah. kind of approaching that. It's crazy. It's just it, to me, it's just foolish. It really is. The timing is so bad. It's like, it's almost like the whole Disney ScarJo thing. Like, are you not like, are you are you this bad at this job? Was no one there to stop this? No one thought this was a bad idea. Like Lack coming out and saying these things. Lack of yes. awareness. Thank you, sir. And in like three words, you managed to say what I tried to say in the last three hundred. So I will no stop. Problem. What do you What do you think, sir? Uh, no, I, I I'm right in line with what you're saying. I, I I really feel like it is just an odd time to want to experiment this way. It, it just seems very ill timed. Um, now I you know this is one company trying to do this, and you know like as you mentioned in the article there, uh, you know they they talk about how this is already. Uh, you know, a thing in Europe in terms of, um, you know, movie theater prices where, yeah, the, the latest and greatest that are coming out are priced, you know, slightly higher than, um, you know, established movies that have been, you know, in the theater for a, a number of weeks. But, um, but no, I just, I, I don't understand it. Um, you know, it's not like the environment of, of the movie theater has changed radically. Um, you know, of course, things are costing, you know, more nowadays than they did a year or two ago. So I, I understand, you know, that we're all uh, kind of suffering from inflation and so forth. But at the same time, I'm just, 
uh, yeah, I, I just don't understand the the willingness to just you know try it on and and on with, with this particular movie. I mean, I maybe it's just my perspective, but I I felt like a lot was kind of working against this movie. Um, you know, unfortunately, Batman has been pretty you know watered down at this point between you know the Ben Affleck version of it and and you know now only a year or two removed from you know Justice League and all that came with that is you know yet another iteration of it and and mm-hmm. I just uh, uh, and I personally just you know I'm not a big fan of Robert Pattinson so I just I'm even less enthused about going my my younger son went and saw it and thought it was really good so you know it it sounds like it may have some some merits there but at the same time I'm just like yeah like why why would I want to go out and spend more money on a movie that you know it'd be one thing if they were bringing you know the batman franchise back after 10 or 15 or 20 years and and you're like hey we're gonna try this pricing okay i can kind of see that but this just isn't that and it just if anything they should be trying to play into the audience and not scare not scare them away but not you know tack on an extra charge just because hey we want to find a a different uh model for revenue you know to uh make some money so yeah, yeah. i'm i'm a sell on this one big time and uh think they should just you know just leave it alone yeah and the other the other part of this too is that you know it I can see where they're trying to milk the this movie in particular because it's hitting HBO Max in a month mm. because it's a Warner Brothers movie and they're and they're releasing they they're not doing day and date on the streaming the same way they were with a lot of movies but this one's only thirty days until you can watch it in the comfort of your own home yeah yeah and I gotta say like that's pretty good for me like i i've i already canceled my hbo max subscription and i'm gonna wait a month and then i'll probably renew it get it for a month i'll watch this and a few other things and then i'll i'll cancel it again yeah and for the price of you know 15 bucks i'll get the batman and a bunch of other stuff that i'll want to watch why am i gonna go out And, and the other thing is like you're you're Okay, here's how it could... Okay, I don't want to be completely negative. So here, let me throw this out there. So AMC, because as we all know, this incredibly popular podcast and platform that we have is, is listened to by industry insiders, heads of heads of the industry and everything else. They, they're all listening. We, we all know that. So, uh, you know, hey, how y'all doing? But if they want to do this, the thing that they have to do is they're going to have to do something... It, well, if they if they actually wanted to be nice about this, if they actually wanted to be kind of genuine, which I mean, <laughs> I'm sorry, I couldn't keep a straight face. Um, if they want to be genuine about this, then you also have to have your own discount theater because that's what mm. would make all this work is like the whole idea of first run movies. And then you have your discount theaters, your second run movies, movie theaters. And, but unfortunately, most of these big chains like AMC have priced have, have put those those places out of business because right. they couldn't keep up. So if you really want to be fair about this like okay fine I'll pay an extra $2 to go see that opening weekend but when something's been in the theaters for like 6 weeks I want you to take $2 off. As a matter of fact I want it to be half off. I want you to cut that down and have like two theaters in your in your multiplex that are the discount theaters. And that's where you can go see stuff that's been in the, that's been out for a while, and that's like kind of the last, you know, the last ride out, and yeah. it's knocked off half price. Yeah, that's what you would do if you wanted to be fair about this, and you wanted to try and do this. You'd you'd say, hey, you're going to pay a little bit more to see it opening week, 
which there's there's stuff. I mean, I got to admit, I probably would pay a little bit extra. But if you're going to then do that, it's like, okay, now this has been out in theaters. It's about ready to go out of theaters. Here it is at a, at a cut rate. And you know what? You'd probably get people to go in and see it. Mm. To go in and actually, I would I would do that. Something's yeah. going to be out of the theaters and, oh, it's yep. half price off this week for like an evening. I'm not talking like, you know, noon on a, on a Wednesday afternoon. I'm talking like Friday and Saturday. Yeah. Like nights. Half off. You would probably pack these these theaters where you've only got like three or four people coming in for a showing, but you're charging them full boat. But no, they won't do that because they're just greedy bastards, and and that's just not in their DNA. So right. it, they they it's like you're almost there, you're almost there. Not to mention like eventually they're trying they're going to try and go the full bore and be like, oh well, it's, here's a convenience fee for this and that. And yeah, it's like, oh yeah, because everyone loves Ticketmaster. Let's follow their business model because they have such a high opinion among amongst consumers. Great idea, <laughs> great idea. <laughs> uh. Oh, you guys, let me tell you, you are visionaries. It's a million-dollar idea. It's like a damn monster movie. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Thank you, Carl. Oh, love it. Yeah. Oh, Not the well. idea, the Carl Weathers. But anyways. Oh, okay, good. Another another giant corporation just tripping over its own feet. Oh, yeah. Who would have thunk so, it? Big sell on this one. Good riddance. Yep. Never again. Uh, and finally, uh, you know, it wouldn't be a Week in Geek segment without a little Star Wars uh, that's not related to the Red Five, much Thank to God. Todd's uh, <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, digging back, actually, this this is an article I've had in the hopper for a while. Uh, I just haven't found a good time to bring it out here uh, because we've, we've had a lot of other things going on. But back Excuse in Excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> Back in Blazing February. Saddles, come on! I know, I know. But back in February, uh, mid-February, there was an article ca- com- that came out saying, um, basically saying that Lucasfilm uh, will be or is in consideration of doing a trilogy of Star Wars movies that will be post Rise of Skywalker, um, which I I am happy to hear because there were rumblings for a while that they were going to try to do some sort of you know re you know some some sort of reset of the timeline because of all the angst about the last trilogy. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, the the uh, report is that there have been whispers about a new trilogy and active development. Um, there's a lot of ideas though flying around, uh, and this is all courtesy of MovieWeb.com. Uh, but uh, basically, yeah, there there is some discussion going on now. They've you know now that they've seen success with the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, uh, you know the Obi Wan uh, series is coming up, and so uh, you know basically having a trilogy that. Uh, can explore the timeline, you know, post uh, Rise of Skywalker and, uh, you know, most likely with Rey at at the helm of it all. But, uh, you know, but but really... I, I hope for for their sake in terms of what they're discussing that they are looking at something that is beyond or different from what we've been getting you know for the last two trilogies which is you know the bad yeah. guy kind of lurking in the shadows comes out it was all some big dark side thing we need something a little more meaty we need something different and and I really wish for Disney that um, you know, that they would try to experiment a little bit, be comfortable with going, you know, to new places. Um, however, I, I fear that will not be what they do because they want to make the money. 
You want them to go to brave new world, uh, yes, new worlds and new civilizations to boldly go where? Oh no, we tried that before with that guy, and it didn't work out. <laughs> yes, yes. Lens flare, lens flare everywhere. Lens flare. Indeed, indeed. Can we get a shiny Wookie? Because we can get some flare off of him. You know, they actually did the lens flare thing for an SNL. Uh, goof that they did um you know they would do those like uh, uh like those sketches where it was like you know auditions uh, mm-hmm. and so jj abrams introduced uh the the clip which was supposed to be these auditions for uh the force awakens and uh and when they first like bring it, you know the camera shot kind of starts and there was like there, there's like right at the very beginning a lens flare and then it comes down to him and then he introduces it and then it goes into the auditions i thought that was funny you know, I didn't have that. I, I just say that because I, there's so many people who like to pick on that. I, I never minded it. I always thought it was interesting, but mostly because it feels like, well, yeah, if you actually have a camera in space, something is going to reflect and you're going to get that. And, you know, yeah, yeah. I always just kind of like that nice little touch to me. It always made me feel like things were a little bit real, more real, you know? Mm. Yeah. But a lot of people, not so much. What are your thoughts, sir, on a uh, potential post Rise of Skywalker trilogy? I'm I'm all in uh, because I I actually did enjoy the post quill, uh, except mm-hmm. for really the the latter half of Rise of Skywalker and and the name because to me the name is is so totally nonsensical because you're really not dealing with with Skywalker at that point. You know, right. I mean, both of the Skywalker kids are are gone by the end of that. There's no rising. It's the they're they both gone. Well, um, Ray does take their name. She Well, yes. She, and that's and that's fine, but it's it's such a loose Yeah. It's I such know. a kind of loose connection that I'm like, where does this how does this mean anything? If anything, that should have been the that should have been the last Jedi. That's what yeah. that movie should have been called because you know you're you're thinking she's the last Jedi or whatever. Um, I'm all in favor of it. I I liked Ray as a character. I liked Daisy Ridley as an as an actor. I was I I thought she was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's too bad that we won't get Finn because um, uh, boy John Boyega is as basically at this point burned every bridge. Um, with Star Wars, uh, I think he's pretty much said that he is done with it. And after the kind of the way that they they yanked his character around, I I don't blame him. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he had he, there was a whole bunch of opportunity to have his character actually do some meaningful things and to have a and to have some meaningful parts. And by the time the third movie rolled around, he's a comedy act, and it's like right. It, it was it was kind of crappy the way that they treated that character, and also the way they treated the Rose character. Where I mean, she was she went from yeah. a very important. Or, or a fairly important role in in a secondary character, but a fairly important role in the second movie to, again, like an, a total bit player mm-hmm. in the third movie. Like, yeah. a, 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 didn't really have an effect on the story whatsoever. Right. Um, I, I'm, I'm in favor of that, and I would be, I would love it if they got Rose back. I, I um, oh, what's her face? Um, the actor, uh, her last name is Tran. I can't remember her first name right oh, now. Oh, shoot. Yeah, I... I have to, yeah, look it I up. thought she was great. I, I actually, and, and I thought, I, again, I thought mostly probably because uh, one of the reasons why I, I take up for her is because I think the backlash against her, uh, against her character and against her as a, like the, the crap that she had to go through to me was just ridiculous. And it's yeah. one, it's like the, it is the utter dark side of Star Wars fandom and fandom in general. Yeah. Um, however, Kelly I, Marie Tran. Yes. 
I thought she did a I thought she did a great job for what she was given, especially in the by the time it rolled around to the third movie, and it's like, yeah, by the way, your character means squat. Oh, great, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I would love it. Um, I would, you know, who I would really love to see. I I don't want uh, JJ anywhere near it. Mm. Um, I think you just I think at that point you need to. If you're that unhappy with the way things went, and he was really kind of had the helm on those on that trilogy, and and in fact, like basically, direct, what he directed the third one. He did he direct the third one? I can't even remember now. He wasn't originally slated to. He ended up yeah. coming in and doing so. Yeah, there, that's there was, right. There was such a, la- a, a backlash with Rian Johnson doing yeah. Last Jedi, and I forget who they originally. Th- there was someone originally pegged for Rise of Skywalker who I think stepped down. Yeah. Uh, well, oh, was it? Uh, oh gosh, I can almost see his name. Col- was it Colin Trevorrow? Trevorrow. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And then they and then they saw a Fant Four stick, and they're like, Yeah, screw that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we do not need you anywhere near yeah. this. Um, or wait a minute, no, was that uh, was that a different guy who did the fan? No, you're stick? you're right. It was Colin Trevino. I was okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, or, or and yeah. so I don't want JJ anywhere near. And that's not to say that I don't like what JJ does. I think JJ has done some some great things. Um, you know who I would love to see be kind of the executive producer, like you know herder of cats mm-hmm. i would love to see dave filoni mm-hmm. if only i think because you you want a little of the favro filoni you know Flava? juju to rub off mm-hmm. on this either favro or filoni but i want them to be like just there as like the figurehead and to kind of herd things along and maybe just kind of keep some consistency although i don't i i would actually rather filoni than favro cuz i think favro's little you know, think about wanting to retro do some stuff. I, I'm I, I don't like that. Um, I would love it if they would give all three movies, all three. I mean, because I am all in on this. Bryce Dallas Howard. Ah, nice. You're you're gonna center these around Ray, and you're gonna make it. You're gonna f- hopefully because I think they did a fair job of building her up. I mean, I don't think they quite achieved what they could have with her character mm-hmm. um but if you're gonna have a strong female lead i would love to have a, a a female director who has obviously shown in in her in her jobs you know her the episodes that she's directed the mandalorian didn't she do an episode of a uh, a book of boba fett too yeah she did yeah okay yeah I, i'm I, for whatever reason I i'm blanking on she this did the i forget the, the title of it but i believe it was the episode where we see luke train um grogu i thought yes yeah so i would love to see her do all three if not i would love to see her do one in three and i would love um oh there was there was one other dude from the first season of mando who i think would have been good I'm forgetting his name right now, but I would love to see I would love to see her get at least two out of those three movies. I think she'd be I think she'd be a great opener and a great closer. And then if you're going to give give the middle one to somebody else and give her a chance to really kind of, you know, give her a break in between those movies or something. But right. I'd, I would be psyched for her to to be heavily involved because I think she's I think she's done fantastic with it and and has a talent for managing to bring in a lot of real emotion and 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 some great performances while also not like just detouring off of what star wars is yeah yeah i would agree what about you sir i've i've just yammered on that for like 20 minutes what do you what do you think about it sir um no i i 
my biggest concern is is story. You know, I, I, I think there's talent to direct it. Like you said, I think they can tap into some of the folks who have been involved with The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett and, and you know, who will be involved in some of these other shows. It, it's not so much the directorial talent or the acting talent that I'm concerned with. Um, I mean, of, of course, you want to make sure you find the right group of people for this. But it, it, it you know, to me, it's the story. And, and what does Star Wars look like in... A, and, and again, I understand Ray as a character is technically a Skywalker, but let's take Skywalker off the table. Let's take, you know, Palpatine off the table. Now that has been done. It, the book is closed on that. What does Star oh, Wars yes. look like without it? You know, oh, and, dude, and, dude, 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 I got it. Yes. Heir to the Empire. Oh, you just you update it. You could still, you could, and here's the thing, you could still have a lot of the pieces of that. You, you, I mean, of course you're not going to get it exactly because you're not going to, but you have, you could bring in talent card. Yes, sir. You could bring in, um, you, of course you don't bring in uh, what's, what's her face, Mar Jade. You bring in somebody else and then that becomes Ray's love interest possibly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You bring in. You may, I mean, uh, uh, basically, it's a real rough adaptation because you would still have that, uh, that the crazy clones, uh, Jedi. And I then see, you yeah. would actually have yeah. you would actually have the clone of Luke, and imagine that being the finale. Instead of Luke fighting his own clone, you have Ray fighting a clone of Luke. Luke. And you, but you, Luke. you don't do that like W thing. You just. <laughs> Well, for the listeners in in the in the books, uh, yeah. the clone of Luke is spelled L U U K E. We are not kidding. We did not make that up. No, it's not a spelling error because they did it several uh, times. Luke. Yeah, but I think I think something like that could be interesting. I would agree. It's just I mean, it takes you away from like the normal, you know, emperor sort of thing. And I mean, depending mm. on what they do with Thrawn and the Ahsoka story. Maybe Thrawn is still around. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just going to say. It really hangs on how they're going to treat the Thrawn character with within the Ahsoka series. And if you can bring, you know, because I don't know if the Ahsoka series in its own way is going to be kind of like either a predecessor to to the Empire or, or start to work parts of it in. Like, you know they they may not do the movies around it but rather just bring some of the some of the better elements of that story into yeah. the series but um no that's that, that's a really good point i, I hadn't thought about you know bringing air to the empire and that would be interesting um and uh yeah and and, and you do have a different take on I, I mean there is in a way kind of an emperor character because there is that that sabath you know wackadoo jedi master guy um you know, who's just, you know, off his nut, but, um, and who's really trying to strive to be like that, that, that emperor, you know, kind of presence. But, um, yeah, but, but to, to your point, it's different. It's, it's very different and it's not, not even close to what, you know, Palpatine was or anything like that. So yeah, I think it'd be interesting and it, and I think they could make it work. Um, it's, but to me that that's what, that's what it all hinges on is the story because, um, Oh, you know, always, I look, always. I, I, sorry. 
as it always that's you know oh yeah the, yeah but and i think that's one of the things that that plagued at least you know rise of skywalker i mean i i still contend last jedi was a great you know creative step for star wars oh um, yeah i you know, and I, we don't have to get into adjudicated any further because we have plenty of adjudicating uh, ahead of us. But yeah. um, well, well, and people can go back of you know uh, a dozen or, or two episodes, and they'll they'll find us more than you know. Ah, yes, putting yes. a shine on uh, on the Last Jedi That's and our right. love for that movie. That's right, and uh, yeah, I think we had some discussions with Jimmy Dice on that one. So, yep. So, anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm interested. I, I hope they do it. I, I think with the right treatment and with the story and you know all the other pieces falling into place, I think they have, uh, you know, great potential for for doing it and, and doing it well. I just, um, I'm just concerned Disney is not going to want to get risky with it, and they may play it too safe, and that's going to result in a watered down product. So, we yeah. shall see. I don't know how I, I think that now they might be a little bit more open because I think they've realized that what they thought they were going to do where it's like we're going to have a Star Wars movie every year they mm. realize very quickly like well this isn't Marvel it's not the same thing we can't yeah. just churn these out because we don't we don't we have a very homogenous galaxy because yes. we only have a certain amount of characters whereas we can you know Marvel is a much a bigger world you know what I mean yeah. So I think they they quickly realized that, and I think with some of the shots they've taken with with Mando, with Book of Boba Fett, I think as long as Ahsoka doesn't completely tank, mm-hmm. and Kenobi doesn't completely tank, which I mean, let's face it, I mean, with just the acting talent involved and the history they've had over three seasons of of Mando and Book of Boba Fett, I don't really see too many reasons why they're going to like I and when I say fail I mean like fall flat on their face and and shatter yeah you know every bone in their face fail I can't imagine when you've got Rosario Dawson and Ewan McGregor you know heading these up with Favreau and Filoni somewhere in the mix and mm-hmm. and the talent that they've already found in in these other 3 seasons of shows they've done I can't imagine that they're going to fail that badly yeah Yeah. i think that i think now that they've kind of realized like oh we might need to take some chances because the the boring same old same old ain't gonna work yeah agreed and i do need to stand corrected uh bryce dallas howard directed the return of the mandalorian that was chapter five yes fantastic episode too and did a did a ton of of kind of heavy lifting leading into mando season three and you know what made it great? Mando had to ride coach just like the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would have the only thing that would have been better is instead of sitting in back of the kid, the kid was sitting in back of him and you just see him kicking Mando's seat the whole time. <laughs> and, and you just you just hear Mando muttering under his breath, Oh, I want to incinerate this little Oh, 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 where's a whistling bird? I was going to say, whatever his little darts called, the whistles, or, or yeah, right. <laughs> Shut up, kid. That's oh, that—that's the only way that that oh. episode could have been improved. That, my friends, is an extended week in geek. I'll say, oh my god! I just looked at the time because, okay, full disclosure, I'm recording at home, so I've gone from my like my my twenty whatever inch iMac gorgeous screen where I can have everything up it's like I'm like the it's like my control center you know 
I've gone from that to my little my little MacBook Pro, so I can only have like one window open at a time because oh, I'm geez. old. So I need the I need everything to be you know at a fairly good size font. Oh. I just looked over. I'm like 43 minutes. Holy crap! You, well, my friend, you got pontificating. Uh, we've quite a still bit got there, a, sir. We've still got a bracket to go through. Like, I oh my know. gosh! I, I would have put Buckle on a up. pot. Of, I would have put on a pot of coffee if I'd known this. Hilo, you got another mystery you're solving over there. All right. <laughs> With his tassels. <laughs> Where did you even get? Like you're. That was total like like 1930s stripper music. Like, I don't understand where you were heading with that. I don't know. I I did it last week and it, and it just kind of came out the right way and then I completely flubbed it up this time. So went to a very very awkward place. I, I felt very uncomfortable and I, I once again I apologize, Tomo. Uh, I had nothing to do with that. Nothing. Oh good lord. All right. So if you listened to last week, then you kind of know the drill with this. If you're just joining in, uh, last. Uh, episode in episode 95 we did region one of our Battlestar Galactica bracket these are mm -hmm. completely randomized and what we have done is uh, we have taken uh, this entire thing excludes the the miniseries and the finale because it's just not fair to put that kind of you know bulk of storytelling up against any other episodes they they just stand alone on their own as as their own things and uh th this does also doesn't include the plan or razor yes because again it number numbers wise it didn't work out and also those are just they're they're just kind of their own separate things they're really kind of tough to judge uh, alongside a normal episode uh, what we've also done is we've taken all of the two-part episodes, we've combined those into one uh, entry so that, that we can actually kind of get this down to 64-ish episodes. Uh, and we actually ended up with 65. We will have a play-in game uh, in Region 3. However, no, no, no such thing in this. And uh, what we did is uh, then uh, we, and by we I mean me, uh, took all the episodes and fed them into the, uh, the free-range ADC Randomizer 8000, and uh, we came out with these matchups. And odd thing is, Region 1 was very much... Uh, all the two-parters were, were in there except for one. Yeah. yeah. And then none in this uh, this region whatsoever. So these are all single episodes. Uh, lots of season four in this in this bracket now that I'm mm. looking at it. What, we got one, two, three, four, five? Yep. Out of, the, out of the 16 episodes that are in here are all season four. And then season yep. three is probably the next... Uh, the next most relevant. And I so guess it's as a quick recap on our last uh, Region 1, uh, I selected uh, yes. Lay Down Your Burdens from Season mm -hmm. 2 uh, as my Excellent first choice. of a Final Four. Uh, mm -hmm. And Uncle Todd's was You Can't Go Home Again, uh, yes. which is his Katie Sackoff Goes Over Everyone <laughs> pick <laughs> from Season 1. So, and very, still, very solid. champion! <laughs> Yeah, we can do the Howard Franklin. Anyways. Oh, gosh. Howard, yeah, we can't, Howard just knew how to do it. We can't do a new champion. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you had the new. Yeah, I don't want to do that. I'll. Yeah, you'll you'll blow a sinus answer. out. He, he I, no one could do it except for the sinus. What? Oh, yes, yeah, and actually, yes. So region one was the sinus memorial bracket because <laughs> that was. Right. Completely <laughs> forgot about that. What is uh, what, what is this bracket's theme? You know, I'm kind of thinking this was this is the chief Tyrol bracket ah, because yes, 
there's a lot of chief in there. I and one of my picks is a a, a chief Terrell Al Aaron Douglas special. So oh yeah, some of these I I was just remembering as as I'm going through it. I'm like oh my gosh yeah that was another mm. chief like going absolutely psycho episode. And then we get to another one like, and that's another one. <laughs> yes yes. Oh my gosh oh Aaron Douglas man just a powerhouse. Great indeed. Indeed. And I'm not saying that just because he wished me a happy birthday. I'm I'm saying that because he seems like a, a very nice you're guy. buttering him up so he shows up on here and does a pick with us. <laughs> yeah, he, he's not going to. He's like, uh, no, I'm, I, I do things that are actually successful, oh, that are going to help Lord. me in my career and not make sure that I'm, like, blacklisted forever. Uh, <laughs> Get together with a couple of yahoos. All right. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we put the idiots right in the title, so we just let people know right up. We are right on brand, if nothing else. By the way, I mean, we're 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 closing in on one hour, and me not having a microphone stand and doing this like total like Jerry Seinfeld stand up, <laughs> holding the mic is is I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Although today wasn't ar- was a heavy arm day at the gym, so I might be just like laying down on my couch, eventually <laughs> with the microphone on it. <laughs> <laughs> when both of my oh, arms just go funny. go dead, so uh, oh, you know, stay gosh. tuned for that. That's a uh, you know, that's interesting. Take bets now and see what happens. Mm-hmm. All righty, so here we go. We've got eight matchups. That is sixteen episodes going head to head, and starting with matchup one in round one, we have no exit from season four going up against another season four episode. A disquiet follows my soul. Mm-hmm. So. No exit is summarized thusly as Sam Anders recovers from surgery to dislodge the bullet in his brain. His memories of the final five Cylons reemerge. Ellen Ty resurrects aboard a, ba- a base star and reveals that uh, reveals the part she played on Earth with the Galactica losing structural integrity. Adama asks the newly reinstated chief to fix the ship. Chief. A disquiet follows my soul is summarized as Laura Roslin begins to lose faith in the Pythian prophecy and her role as the dying leader. Tom Zarek intends to weaken the human Cylon alliance. Galen Tyrrell, chief, chief, is told that he is not the father of Callie's son. Got a little <laughs> Jerry Springer thing going on in there. This is getting Maybe intense. I so far off with that music. For <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's. I'm telling you, yeah. So Dominic here we Roslin, man. Oh, well, was <laughs> it a BN Mrs. Jones got a thing going on? Oh, good Lord. Me and Laura Roslin got a thing going on. I'm telling you. <laughs> Get me some Teddy P in here. That'd there be good. Go. All right. So uh, for this matchup, sir, who have you got? No exit or a disquiet follows my soul? Yeah. So I, I, I'll put this up front because as, as we discussed last week, I, I kind of I, I probably repeated myself more than I needed to. Uh, my, my, you know, kind, kind of my rubric for this is I, I look at these episodes and I really kind of ask myself, what is, you know, which of these episodes, you know, had had emotional, you know, heft to them, had impact, um, you know, how, how did they how did they end up um you know, not just impacting me as a viewer, but impacting the story and the series long term, kind of weighing all of that stuff. So, so you know, a lot goes into this. And uh, as as I broke out uh, last week, and I, I shall break out again, this one was uh, definitely and uh, categorically a uh, you know it breaks the heart to have to make oh. a selection between these two. Oh, dear God, here we go. Ah, uh, yes. So, um, 
I, I should have given I it compared... to the Marx Brothers. <laughs> should try reading books rather than burning them. <laughs> so once again, we play our old game with our old adversary. <laughs> I sent Uncle Todd a meme from Indiana Jones, which I absolutely love from the movie, where like Indy's all like happy with himself as they escape, and he looks at his dad, and his dad just is like adjusting his watch, looking at him like, "What? What'd you just do?" <laughs> Yeah, it's like, why is this a big deal? <laughs> it's kind of my entire life, really. <laughs> Everyone's surrounding me. I'm just looking really pleased with myself, and they're like, "You just tied your shoes. Come on, let's go." <laughs> oh, but weighing these two together um, against each other, I, um, I'm gravitating uh, to no exit. Um, I, I think, you know, the criticality it played in really. Uh, okay, time well, out, time out, time out. I just gotta, I just gotta stop you here and applaud your vocabulary tonight, sir, because okay. you managed to use, uh, y- you've managed to use uh, rubric, and then there, uh, what was the word you just used? Criticality. Criticality, dude, you're like busting out like some Scrabble stuff tonight. Way to I'm go! You, it's to the go. Wordle. <laughs> oh my gosh, not that again. <laughs> you know what? You can take your Wordle and put it right up there next to your Wookiee, right up the Bantha <laughs> hole, all right? Uh, uh, Uncle I Todd. ain't doing it. I'm not getting on the Wordle. <laughs> maybe that'll be my end. Another thing. I mean, maybe I'll switch it up and just be like, Wordle, you need to try it. It's brain calisthenics. I don't all need right. any brain calisthenics. I'd pull something. Look, I use calisthenics. That's another big word. All I right, know. anyways. <laughs> Oh, where was I? So I have no, no clue. No with exit. No, <laughs> with no exit. Uh, Which I, is I'm basically g- me every week when we do the Red 5 trivia. There's no <laughs> exit. How the hell do I get out of here? Ah! Oh, my gosh. Boy, we are in rare form tonight. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And this is only like hour two. What's going to happen when we get to hour five? We're just going to be oh. shivering away. Oh, wait. We're doing that now. Oh, my gosh. Um. Both both are strong episodes um, with with uh, and, and and both have impact. You know, I mean, no no doubt. But but to me, the uh, you know the story uh, being told and the way we kind of have a puzzle piece that is dropped onto the board, so to speak, with you know the origin of the final five, um, how their how their story played into um, really the Cylons disappearing for as long as they did before the premiere of this of this series, and really how they lent it you know really it was them who brought the resurrection technology who allowed them or or did the creation of of the 12 models um was was really you know it was an it was a really nice way of kind of closing some some holes out in the story and in terms of our understanding of you know where did this all come from it it provided that background um and and i really um you know, I really, really enjoyed it and, and thought it, it just, it, it's, you know, just very good storytelling. Um, it's also, as we saw, you know, Adama, you know, kind of coming to terms with the fact that the Galactic is breaking down and he has to rely on Cylon Tech to um, at least keep it going, um, you know, for a bit longer, mm-hmm. uh, which which is a big change for, you know, it's a it's a massive turn for, for a character who, you know, you go back to season one and, and his thoughts and ideas around the Cylons were very different. So... Oh yeah. Um, well, but, and, and and it eventually leads to that that wonderful part of uh, 
the the final episode when when he's going into the CIC and he goes to stand at his normal place at that that middle table and there's yep. all those wires and stuff and he has that disgusted look on his face he's just kind of moving them to the side so yeah. there's a place to stand <laughs> yep like it's yep. all the way back to like episode one of the miniseries like I will not have a uh, a network computer on this yep. ship it's like not only is it networked the the Cylons did the wiring like, yeah great yeah awesome yeah. this is terrific indeed so uh you know disquiet follows my soul um you know as i as i put this match up it's anders tells a story versus adama and Rosalind getting it on um yeah and uh you know that that is one part of it but yeah the, this is a a step in the direction of of another episode that we'll be talking about shortly um with zarek and gata and and you know really is is just the culmination of what is essentially the the last bit of journey for this group before they finally hit their their destination in the series finale. So uh, two very strong episodes, but I, I just really like the background story and and what is being, um, you know, like like Adama just changing his sense of things and, and accepting what, what reality is for them at this stage in their journey. Um, and uh, so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, no exit. Well, I mean, uh, absolutely great choice. You know, I mean, most of these come down to just almost a flip of the coin for me, because like I said last week, uh, you put any of these episodes on and I'm a happy camper, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, however, unlike last week, uh, we're we're disagreeing right from the get go because I went with a disquiet follows my soul. It was it's a, a it tough was a, call. I, I mean, it's uh, there isn't a right answer. I, I think it just it, it's what hits you, you know. Oh, totally. And I, I went with uh, with disquiet because there's just so much that's kind of building in this episode. Like you mm. have Rosalind deciding, I'm done. You know, like she's she throws away her cancer meds. She's not going to be president. She's not going to be the the dying leader. She's like, I'm getting off of this trip. Like I I give it. I give yeah. up. Like I've tried everything. I've gone through everything. I've done everything I possibly can, and it ain't working. And she's just like, screw it. I'm going to have what little time I have left to myself. And it's one of those things that you look at it like, can you blame her? Right. Right. You know, and that's why even Adama where she's like, and you deserve to have time, you know, this time too. And he he, he kind of wants her to, to fight and wants it. But at the same time, there is this part of him that's like, damn, she's done. I mean, what more can you want from her? She's given right. everything. She has right. given everything and yeah. had so much taken away from her. You know, and uh, uh, like that's just building that that whole thing is building. And then the 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 Adama Rosalind relationship. And then, of course, you have the the entire thing with Gaeta and Zarek, like on this collision course of like, mm -hmm. yep, and we're going to take over. And it's it, you know, it, there's you know, the way I kind of put it was um, this is the beginning of the, the, the Zarek slash Gaeta mutiny. But it's also continuing the build to the big blow off of the the Felix Starbuck feud. Mm -hmm. You know, so we're not quite at the pay-per-view. We're still trying to keep them separate. But you get you get a little face to face like they had a, they had a promo showdown in the ring, you know, yeah. and, in the in the officer's mess. And, uh, you know, and she walks away and then Gate is like, all right, let me tell you what the real stuff is here. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh man, it's it's crazy. It is absolutely crazy. And then of course you also have this idea of, you know, Cylon citizenship and their protection within the fleet and in exchange for helping the humans. And and right. what does that mean? Like what does it mean when you're kind of embracing people who who you used to think of as your enemy, which is really a lot of the once the final five are kind of re, uh, revealed, 
and you find out like i mean g- good god ty you know like adama's best friend is a cylon yeah you know chief the guy who has been there since episode one and who is who's basically kept everything going like kept all the planes flying yeah and not only was he like you know having an affair with a cylon and now he's a cylon you know right. so it's like all right. of this stuff and it, it, it brings up a lot of those issues so for me it was like i i no exit's great man like a, yeah. a great episode and um you know and that's not even that's before you even get to the fact that like you know chief just beats the living hell out of hot dog oh yeah <laughs> when he finds out that that hot dog was was it was callie's baby daddy yeah and, oh my goodness it's great Woo. when they walk in to see coddle <laughs> oh yeah we had ourselves an argument but we're good now <laughs> yeah Oh my goodness! That, and and then and then even that moment of like you know, you know here's the first lesson: you don't leave until the kid leaves. Yeah. And, and he's like, you know, where are you gonna? I think he was like, I'm gonna go get drunk. <laughs> Something yeah. like that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh yeah. But I mean, in a in in no exit. I mean, then you've got stuff with with Tyrrell there, and oh yeah, yeah it's. Two, two very. I think this is going to be the Galen Tyrrell region. I, I really do. I think that's what we have to. I think we this. need to call this the 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 chief bracket. Yes, I think that's a good good call. All so hail no the chief. All hail the chief. <laughs> you're really, you're really, really, really trying to get him on the show, aren't you? All right. Kinda. So no exit for you. This quiet follows my soul for me. Yes, sir. In in the first round uh, matchup of round one, second matchup it will be. Sacrifice from season two and he that believeth in me from season four. So sacrifice is uh, described thusly. Terrorists take hostages aboard Cloud Nine, demanding the handover of the Cylon on board Galactica. And he that believeth in me is Starbuck returns to the Galactica and faces doubt from her former crew members as she tries to convince them she knows the way to Earth. Meanwhile, Baltar takes up residence with a faction of his followers who believe he can save a young boy suffering from vital from viral encephalitis well sir mm-hmm. you got viral encephalitis which quite honestly I mean I I would have figured there would be something else that Baltar would have caught himself at this point from his, <laughs> his harem but um, apparently not the case yes. uh, which are you going to go with here sacrifice or he that believeth in me well, as I like to frame this, this is uh, Starbuck. This is uh, Katie Sackoff versus, uh, or, or shot, let me put it this way, Starbuck coming back from the dead versus Billy getting shot down in more ways than one. So, mm, true. Um, and uh, yeah, 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 this this one was a little bit easier. Um, not that Sacrifice is uh, a, a bad episode, but but when you put these together with the you know the return of what was thought to believe you know to be believed a, a, a dead character coming back all of a sudden, mm. uh, and and you know really trying to advance the story of their journey to Earth and what she possesses and uh, and and just seeing all these characters who at one point loved her and embraced her and and now are just you know very suspect of her and stuff like that I I just put he that believeth me um, above um, above sacrifice uh, in in that sense sacrifice is really kind of a Billy centric episode it is his last episode uh, mm. and when I say he got he gets shot down more than once it's because D you know, he, he wants to propose marriage to her. She shoots him down for that. But then later on, he sees her, you know, basically uh, flirting and spending time with with Apollo. Um, 
and uh and then you know he really sacrifices uh himself for her you know in, mm-hmm. in terms of the the standoff that happened in the bar and so uh it, it's you know it's it's a good episode it, it definitely has emotion to it uh but impactful and and you know impactful to the series i i gotta give the nod to he that believeth in me um because it just uh it, it really kind of kicks off this this next leg of the journey for them uh, as they try to find earth and as kara tries to find who she really is after uh after dying so he that believeth in me is my selection how about you sir well, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going sacrifice uh, because as we as we Billy learned, shot. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to see that. I mean, no one wanted to see Billy get shot. I mean, Billy was a Billy was was the nice guy, and and a, it was. probably ended he up was. coming down to like, well, we got Hilo and we got Billy. One of them got to die because <laughs> we got too many nice guys. Billy Noir just doesn't really roll off the tongue. Hilo Noir no. does. <laughs> no, he always, he looked like he was all of like 14 years old. They tried to do everything they could. He was like so oh, like gosh. I love the story when uh um when Trisha Helfer was talking about how she realized she was she had gotten cast in like a one of these Hallmark movies and it was with the it was the dude who played Billy. And she's mm. like, "Oh my gosh, like I'm going to be like he's he looks like he's 12." Yeah. And yeah. she, you know, not like Trisha Helfer has aged in any, you know, grand way, but I mean, she's like, "I'm going to look like his mother and this <laughs> And oh, she's gosh. like, I was glad when I got there, and he had a couple of wrinkles, you know, like a, like a little wrink, wrinkle around his eyes and stuff. She's like, okay, this is okay then, fine. Okay, you did age. I just thought that was great. Um, but I like the fact, I, I like some of these self-contained episodes, and it kind of, it is a bit of a self-contained episode, but it's also, uh, it is informing and, and a launching point for other things. Uh, so just the idea of, you know, Billy... Billy gets turned down by D, which is is heartbreaking because you saw them and you're like, oh, those two crazy kids, they're gonna make it, and then not so much because now and now D is off on a date with Lee, and uh, mm. which is just weird, um, but uh, but then to have this whole hostage situation again, it it, it kind of gets to uh, a little bit of a diehard situation, which I think that I'm a I'm kind of a sucker for if we've learned one thing from the previous bracket, and. Uh, just the idea again it's like the the one trick that that Adama always has is you know send Kara in which mm-hmm. is kind of funny to me like there's nobody else who can shoot straight but you know I get it like right. you, you you've already got like 80 80 characters in this thing you got to keep it narrow to some point um, but she gets sent in and and goes to like take someone out and shoots Lee <laughs> yeah yeah oh I know which which is kind of funny because in season 2 you know, not so much. Maybe in season three, that would have been a dream come true for her. You know, mm-hmm. there's <laughs> there's mm-hmm. definitely times when she would have wanted to. This is one of the times when she really didn't want to shoot Lee. Yeah. And uh, so you have that as kind of one of the ticking clocks as well as just the fact that you have the t- these terrorists. And, you know, and just this whole idea of... Um, and actually, if I'm if I'm remembering right, doesn't Ellen Ty manage to screw things up in this episode too? Oh, Ellen screws everything up. I know, but I mean, well, she screws everyone and everything. Well, up. so it's I you know go there, but yeah. Well, I mean, hey, I'm I just full disclosure. I mean, that's you know that's what her character does. Never mind. Oh my gosh. Anywho, um, but I just really liked it. I, and I, it was a it was a very emotional episode, and mm. and also kind of a jumping off point for the entire D and Lee thing that would then, uh, you know, not end well. And 
you know, kind of, I, I feel like the, the entire Billy thing did kind of inform somewhat of, of who D was going forward. I feel like there was a, mm-hmm. a little bit of, of guilt in all of, in her character for that going forward. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's, that was my pick. Nice. Good pick. Good pick. All right. In matchup number three of round one, we have The Road Less Traveled from season four and Dirty Hands from season three. Uh, The Road Less Traveled is summarized thusly. Starbuck faces mutiny on board the Demetrius when she expresses her intent in cooperating with the Cylon Leoban, who has boarded the ship to help her find Earth. Dirty Hands is summarized as, after an accident nearly kills President Roslin, Tyrrell defies Adama to demand safer working conditions throughout the fleet and makes himself the rallying point for a strike. Sir, what have you got? Uh, well, before I give my selection, I do want to point out, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have a first in that last matchup. Uh, Starbuck was jobbed out to Billy. You you jobbed your 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 white hot champ, baby face champion to to Billy. <laughs> well, kind of, but not really, because if you notice, I mean, she still kind of got some heat back for shooting Lee. <laughs> so she's there still in is. the mix. There she's still in the mix. You know, it's just you can't you can't go over all the time. You can't People get be bored a with that every single time. Absolutely. No, right. no. You, you know, that was actually it was more of like a DQ finish. That's sort of the thing. It was so she still kept the belt, and then she gets a little bit of the heat <laughs> back for DQ shooting. Lee. Finish. Jeez, that's that's just how I kind of look at I, it. I I. Applaud you, sir. Here is um, I'm booking my own Battlestar Galactica Wrestling Federation. I know the the BWF. So um, here we go. Uh, <laughs> Billy definitely lost the loser leaves town match, though. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, he's a fictional character. <laughs> Billy didn't win the last man standing. <laughs> no, he did not. He did not answer the. He did not answer the bell, ladies oh and gentlemen. Oh my gosh. Most <laughs> definitely. <laughs> All right. Uh, Rowless traveled versus Dirty Hands. Um, I mean, uh, you know, again, this this was a tough choice. Uh, Rowless traveled. You know, Starbuck episode, Leoban episode. Those are always solid. Um, you know, she is also struggling with a crew who really doesn't know what to think of her, doesn't trust her. Uh, and then to add to it, she's working with a Cylon who they know to be someone who, you know, has tried to kill them in the past. And mm. so it's, it's just, it, it's a, it's a very volatile concoction, if you will. Uh, yes. And, and a very good story. But, uh, I have to give the nod to Dirty Hands. Uh, this was a really, you know, kind of similar to our bracket last week with uh, the Woman King. You know, there are these stories that come along that they do where it's a bit of a, you know, a bit of an exposition on, on you know, issues that, that we deal with, you know, in our world, you know, today. And, and one of them, you, you know, really around, you know, class warfare and, and just this idea, especially for the fleet where, you know, you, you have young men who are growing, you know, as the years have gone by, essentially into the same jobs that their parents had. Um, there, there's really no opportunity for them to, you know, grow into anything else. And, mm. you know, Adama's and, and, and Rosalind's kind of viewpoint is really interesting. And I, I remember if we go way, way back to our episodes where we broke these, you know, broke the seasons down and stuff, um, 
I, I do believe Rosalind is is pretty heartless in this one because at least initially because she's really just like, oh yeah, you know I don't care. You guys are doing this. We you know the fleet needs this. We we can't be playing favorites for everyone all the time. This is how it has to be. And and Tyrrell, you know, this is just a great Tyrrell episode where where he kind of jumps in as as a voice of reason. He's trying to negotiate between both sides. At one point, he declares a strike because he just he sees how there's how people are suffering and. And how they're pigeonholed into what they're doing, uh, and and ultimately he's able to, um, you know, he's 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 able to, uh, you know, get them to uh, understand and and to allow some flexibility. And and we see Celix uh, basically graduate from the flight deck to becoming a uh, nugget. Um, yeah. So you know, just as as a sign of or show of of you know, here here's how some people can you know kind of move to a different station uh, with within the fleet. And, and, you know, kind of grow in a different way. Um, and then I would be uh, remiss if I did not mention this is the episode where we hear Gaius Baltar's true accent. And boy, is it a, a creepy and... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and well done piece of, of, of dialogue between uh, Tyrrell and, and him. Uh, to, you know, just talking about... Uh, is Tyrrell, you know, tries to understand how he would know anything about uh, this sort of thing and him and, and basically him revealing how he comes from an agricultural uh, tribe, uh, if you will, and, uh, and, and, and really from a, you know, from a very lower class kind of setting and really had to fake it until he made it sort of thing. Um, and so it was very interesting uh, overall. So I, I just thought it had a lot of depth to it. Um, it does not, you know, d- does it impact the story overall or the series overall? Not really. Kind of its own standalone story and really is just kind of a, I don't want to call it a filler, but it, it just, it's really just about that that issue that's going on in the fleet. Um you know, similar to to the Woman King, where you know they're they're dealing with the topic of racism within the fleet. This one's dealing mm-hmm. more with with uh, you know people being able to kind of grow out of where they are and 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 to do more and and to be able to you know realize their dreams beyond just what those in power can do. And so I I, I like that story. Um, I, I just felt emotionally and and just within the episode, impactful wise, it it, it outranked uh, Road Less Traveled. So dirty hands it is. How about you, sir? Well I like how how Gaius goes like almost Billy Bob Thornton sling blade. You know yes. when when he does he has like mm, yeah you know I went around like a French fry potato and it was oh, yeah. like guttural where I was like oh ah is he is Baltar possessed I mean because why not at this point he's done everything else <laughs> um, <laughs> totally wouldn't shock me like his head spins around like oh that silly Baltar mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. oh Gaius you cut up you um, man this was a tough one because. Uh, you know, you know me. Uh, I'm a sucker for any uh, Starbucks-centric uh, episode. However, I got to admit, like looking back at a lot of these episodes, that entire Demetrius storyline, I felt like, like I, I get that it was necessary from a story storyline perspective. Like mm-hmm. I get that it was from it was a it was a thing of need. However, it to me, it just never really grabbed me like that's that's the of all the things that starbuck did in the in the four seasons of this show that was the one that i kind of forgot about the easiest like i completely forgot there was this entire you know plot line of her taking demetrius out and and all of that like it 
not that I, I didn't remember it entirely, but it didn't really register me as to me as like this huge deal. So I, yeah. I've never really thought, you know, not that I'm not that I'm going to say not highly, but those those episodes were never all that much, you know, in the front of my mind. Uh, Dirty right. Hands, on the other hand, is is very iconic to me because it, it falls in line with this reoccurring theme that that Adama brings up in the in the first in the miniseries and in and just going forward like why do we deserve to exist like it it's more it, it you need to be more than just living like you have to have a reason for living but you also have to be deserving of it and 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 of of continuing to exist and what does society look like and and you know at what point are you just prolonging this thing that it doesn't it's not the same anymore you know it's not the way that it was and now you're just okay well too bad everyone's stuck screw you sorry you know right it's really easy for rosalind to say because she's got her own ship and she's not like in danger of getting chewed up by a piece of machinery you know but at the same time i kind of get where rosalind's coming from because she's like i can't give up either like right, I, right. I like I am the mythic dying leader who's prophesied to do all this and that and the other thing. Like I would love it if someone else would come along and take this job. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and the cancer if possible. You know, yeah. I, I'm guessing. Um, but yeah, and I think it's it's another great episode because I think Chief really kind of shows his humanity. Uh, kind of funny that you know humanity needs a Cylon, but kind of going and then throw back to the new Caprica like union you know labor leader that he was there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and yeah i think it's this great idea of like well when do we start acting like things are changing because they have right you know right. like things have changed you can try and convince yourself that it's the way it was but it ain't when are you yeah. just going to finally realize that this isn't the same and you can look around at the world today and you can see plenty of that so i mean yeah. it it it's bound to find its way into into fiction so um agreed yeah, so I'm going to go with Dirty Hands as well. So just for the record, ladies and gentlemen, Billy goes over on Starbuck. Now Chief Tyrrell goes over on Starbuck. Starbuck is jobbing left and right in this bracket. Well, I'm just going to say that I think Starbuck might get might uh, come out on top on this one. This is, you know, it's 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 a bit of unusual booking, but, you know, you got to keep the faith. He's, keep work, he's the working faith. toward that dusty finish. Yeah. All right, so now we are into matchup four from round one, and this one is going to be, oh, we're going first, uh, last to first here. We are getting Blood on the Scales from season four, matching up against Water from season one. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird when it, whenever we, just because season one has so few episodes comparatively, it's yeah. always kind of weird when we run up against one of them because I'm like, oh yeah, one of the OGs. It's kind of funny, maybe just to me, but hey. So, uh, Blood on the Scales is summarized thusly. President Roslin faces off against Tom Zarek and Lieutenant Gaeta as they try to take control of the colonial fleet. The alliance with the rebel Cylons as well as Adama's life are both at stake. And with water, that one's really simple. An explosion on board Galactica forces an emergency search for water. It's right there in the title. So, I mean, bing, bam, boom, that's it. No two ways about it. Yep. So, uh, what do you got for this one, sir? Blood on the scales or water? Which is thicker, blood or water? Ha ha ha! Ah, well, uh, I went with blood on the scales, uh, or as Excellent I like choice. to call it, the tragedy of Felix Gaeta. Uh, 
Um, this oh is my the, gosh, yeah. This this is the episode where Zarek and Gaeta uh, go full on insurrection uh, against Adama and Rosalind, and um, really with with some you know some some very uh, you know catastrophic you know results from what they do um in terms mm. of of you know really this is where you know Zarek um has the quorum of 12 murdered uh, in cold blood so so we're starting yeah. to see you know like i i don't remember what number episode this is in season four and we talked about another season four episode that was similar in nature where you start to see a lot of the constructs that have been you know keeping the fleet going through you know the the, the four years or the four uh seasons of the show um start to fall away you know and and it starts Mm -hmm. to feel like this journey is going to come to an end in one form or another because things are falling apart and they're falling apart fast um and so uh i i just felt both on on a you know impactfulness to the series impactfulness as an episode emotionally as an episode um this this just uh compare i mean water is a very strong episode as well this is another one that i would categorize as uh, it breaks the heart to have to make a uh, decision on uh because water is a strong one as well i mean season one you know, 33 water, but, but, you know, a a lot of those, both many, many others in season one, just were very strong episodes, you know? And, uh, and, but when I, when I put the two together, it's just, you know, blood on the scales just feels to me, um, just more, uh, impactful that way. And, and, and really it, it it is a sad story because Gaeta was a fan favorite and a a beloved character for much of the series. And, Mm. and it was a very interesting move on their part to, write his character the way they did where he you know and and you you understand where he's coming from you know i mean he sees oh yeah he sees what's happening and he sees the change going on and and the acceptance of the cylons and and he just doesn't want to accept it you know and 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 uh and he finds a willing you know partner in this in in kind of his disenfranchisement in in zarek and the two of them together uh just really you know, they, they try to pull off, um, you know, a, a coup of sorts and they, they almost get away with it, uh, you know, especially and at as, one point. And as, as Gene Hackman said in ah. Crimson Tide, the man has a serious weed up his ass about something and a legitimate <laughs> gripe, which is always a dangerous combination. <laughs> Which is Indeed. totally fitting. I mean, li- like, yeah, you are totally right. Gata's grievances are well-founded. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's got some legit points. Now, of course, he's he's also, you know, operating on the, the loco, more loco end of the spectrum at this point. But, yeah. 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 Um, the, the other... Uh, event of note from this one that that i want to call out is uh this is the uh laura rosalind declares war on all the galaxy episode oh yeah uh when she believes that adama has been killed at the hands of zarek's uh insurrection she uh in in no uncertain terms declares that she will wreak holy vengeance upon them uh and and uh it, it is just a master class in acting um in terms oh my of, gosh. Of, of that whole speech. And so I, I just, yeah. I have to give the nod to blood on the scales. It, it, it is just, it has so much to it. Again, it's a multidimensional story, um, you know, has, has a lot of really very interesting, you know, 
aspects to it. Uh, and, and it's not cookie cutter. It's not a good guy, bad guy thing. You know, like, like you just said, Gata's, uh, you know, Gata's beefs are well-founded and, and well-understood. And it's a case of, you know, someone who just can't accept the direction they're going in. But ironically, at the end, when he has to, you know, essentially stare down the consequence of his decision, he, he's finally at peace. And, and that is how his character goes down with uh, Tom Zarek by his side. Yeah. And I mean, oh, yeah. And that that speech by Mayor McDonald. Oh, my gosh. I will use. And and when she's, you know, they're telling her to surrender and she's died. You see her digesting the idea that Adama's gone, Mm. you know, or or she thinks that he's gone or been told that he's gone. And, you know, and she's like, no, no. And she's like, I will use every gun, every bomb, every weapon down to my eye teeth. I'm coming for you. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, yeah. At Hell that point, no fury, my friend. <laughs> at this point, at that point, I think that's the moment when Gate is like, "Yeah, we're hosed. This is yeah, over. We're done. I, yeah, we're done." And that's and he's and he's ultimately the one who kind of calls off the guards and and gets people to stand down so that Adama can retake CIC. Mm-hmm. He is the yeah. one who kind of puts an end to it. Like he he is the one who is rationally like knows, "Oh, this is it. This is over." Yeah. Yeah. Oh no! Now, it's, a, it's such a great episode. Such a great episode. The dude. way that you I, just. You know, did did Rosalind's no, no. You know what that's reminiscent of? Kurt Russell, Tombstone, walking out in the river. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Where's Wyatt? Down by the the creek walking on water. (laughs) Oh, good old Wyatt. Wyatt's my friend. Um I, you know, and and for all the reasons that you said, I was very close to to going with blood in the scales. However, mm-hmm. water is is very t- it's very tough for me not to give a nod to some of these OG episodes because mm-hmm. because the setup was so good. Yeah. Because it, it, when you saw shows like 33, when you saw shows like Water, when you see these some of these iconic season 1 episodes, it's easy to forget just how freaking unreal they were because you hadn't seen this stuff in sci-fi before. You know, you hadn't seen the weariness. You hadn't seen the main characters looking like absolute crap. You know, you hadn't seen a ship just getting, you know, pummeled and never repaired. And you hadn't seen like the the way way interactions and relationships were carry over episode to episode and episode like that people just sometimes never make up like you never saw like that interaction between Starbuck and Ty at the end of the miniseries where she's like I don't want you know a fresh start with you like like that never would have happened with 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 Riker that would have never happened with Sulu or any I mean that never happens in any of those shows so this is totally different new and when you when you're talking about like crap they're out of water and now they have to find it like that never would have happened on star trek because you got the replicator or whatever oh hey we'll just make more water ha or oh here's a convenient m-class planet you know this one galaxy over we'll just pop over there at warp speed no it 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 shows you that how much of a big deal this is and and what a ticking time bomb it is and it's not resolved immediately like it is even though they do find water well, now we got to figure out how to get it. Now there's another problem. And it's just one problem after another that they have to solve. And it's it's something that you really hadn't seen in sci-fi television before. And then you just and that's before you even get into the whole like, you know, Boomer's a double agent. 
you know, sleeper Cylon and, and all of that. I mean, that's before you even get into that. I mean, it, it, it was such a, you know, and it, and it affected the, the way that that entire first season went where you to the point where you have like, you know, Adama not washing his hands because he remembers like, oh, yeah, we we don't have any water or like yeah. water becoming this precious thing. Like when you go to someone like you when you go to Adama's quarters, like he offers you a glass of water like it's a fine scotch, you mm. know. And, and to me, it just it it really set the tone for what the series was going to become. Yeah. So I get what you're saying, like how impactful, um, you know, Blood on the Scales was. Because, again, it's like four, four or five episodes from the very end. So, I mean, yeah, you are you are if you're not in the end game at that point, yeah. you're knocking on the door. Yeah. You know, you're just about to walk into it. Uh, but water kind of really set the tone and, and had an impact just in the fact that, wow, this is something I, I had never seen that in sci-fi before. And yeah. I was I was a kind of a sci-fi geek growing up. <laughs> I know, hard to believe. Um, but I, I have to give it the nod for that because it was, it again, it's the OG. It, it's tough to not give it the nod. So I'm going with water in this one. Nice. Nice. Uh, it's, it, it's two very strong contenders. Two very, oh, yeah. very strong contenders. Yep, I won't steal your line, but you know, like uh, uh, you were right. Yeah, it breaks the heart. <sighs> Gosh, I was just trying to not let you do that, but okay. Um, you're wrong. Sean, Sean Connery, you're gonna is Sean Connery still with us? I no, I think he passed away a couple of years ago. Okay, then his estate's gonna sue us because that's one thing we've learned. Because have you heard about this dude? Okay, break into this this sci-fi with some music. Have you heard that Morris Day? Like Morris Day and the Time is not allowed to use Morris Day and the Time anymore because Prince's estate has basically said, "Hey, by the way, you can't use that." Oh wow! Because because Prince was instrumental in kind of setting that band up and and the image and wrote a bunch of their songs and all that, and 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 Morris Day was just like, I I don't believe this. Like all the time Prince was alive, like we toured with him, like we opened mm. for him, many yeah. tours were in his movies, and he never had a problem with this. But now the people who control the estate got a problem with it yeah you know so sean connery's uh, estate is going to be coming for us thanks to you he he did pass away uh, october 31st 2020 okay so a couple well, of years ago you know pour one out for for sir sean or it don't i mean hot. it does it does but we got a show to do so on with this stuff you're done mourning let's move on um <laughs> Was it, what, did, what did the chief say? Aspirin and uh, <laughs> when he was talking about James Callis hurting himself or something, he's like, "Come on, Band-Aid and aspirin, let's go." <laughs> yeah. Or what was Adama like? You know, mourn the dead later. You know, we have mm. we have to get this ship of the fight. Anyways, uh, matchup right. number five here in round one. I know, hard to believe we're in hour fifteen of this uh, <laughs> episode, and we're finally getting we're now over the hump in uh, round uh. one. So, uh, matchup number five is a day in the life from season three. Uh, up against active contrition from scene, uh, season one. So uh, Day in the Life is summarized as Callie and Tyrrell are trapped in an area with a dangerous hull breach. Adama struggles with troubling memories of his wife on their anniversary. Active contrition is an accident on the hangar deck... F- uh, an accident on the hangar deck forces Starbuck to begin training new pilots, bringing back old memories of her training Zach Adama. What do you got here, sir? Uh... You know, so it's kind of uh, it's it's interesting. I I went kind of in the in the direction that you went 
with the last matchup on this one. So I went with Active Contrition okay. from season one. Um, mm. At first I wasn't, because I remember that's the one where they do, you know, round and round the pilot goes and where the missile lands, no one knows. And, yeah. you know, uh, I was like, oh, really? That was kind of a goop. But then I forgot that was the one where she has, she being Starbuck, has that conversation with Adama where, yeah. you know, Lee kind of... <laughs> Her, her her quote unquote brother Lee kind of says a little bit too Ooh. much when talking to daddy <laughs> basically yeah. she's got to fess up about Zach and uh, man if if that was not the Edward James almost you know uh, Admiral Adama just get out of here while you can still walk uh, oh, kind yeah. of thing. oh my gosh that was that was amazing um, I um, you know, I, I had to give it the nod there. That that was just, you know, a, a lot of what made the series great was the relationships with the characters and the, the, the relationships of Adama, both Lee and his father and Starbuck as kind of that family. Um, mm you know you know echoed throughout this throughout the series and and uh, you know that I, i'm kind of anchoring onto that um a day in the life is is a very good episode as well um you know r- really around adama's character and you know remembering about different aspects of his marriage and that sort of thing but i i just felt like it it wasn't as strong of an episode as active contrition because this is also where starbuck uh crash lands on a planet um and you know the last thing that Adama said to her was basically leave here while you can still walk. Yeah, um, and and so there, there's just, there's a lot of heaviness and weight in that episode, and th- there is heaviness in in a day in the life, but I just feel like it's different, and it just doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel as impactful. Um, the stuff with Tyrrell and Callie is very good, but a lot of it is really around all of the legal shenanigans that need to get kind of worked out for 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 good old guys Baltar's trial that's coming up. Um, yeah, and and you know that just doesn't feel as as important or as impactful or weighty and so uh active contrition is my selection you know i i had my bracket set here i was going with the day in the life because i i really i did enjoy (laughs) (laughs) sorry woke up got out of bed actually um so i I did always enjoy like the the idea of Adama having like these conversations with his with his ex-wife. Mm. Like and actually seeing that interaction and seeing him kind of have to come face to face with a lot of stuff and her pointing out that stuff and mm-hmm. and calling him on all these things. And you know the whole Tyrrell and Callie thing and yeah there was a, there was a lot there that I felt kind of moved things forward. But man, you you just sold me on active contrition because it is it is such a huge thing because again and it and it addresses something else that we don't necessarily always see in in sci-fi and in in TV shows and everything like what happens when you run out of X like yeah. what happens when X number of pilots die yeah yep you got to train more and 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 you're not getting like oh hey by the way there was this uh, shuttle full of academy graduates. From the Top Gun portion of the Academy, mm-hmm. you know the what you know, Colonial Fleet Academy, and they're all top Top Guns, and they're they're the best of the best. Like, no, we're you're gonna get a bunch of people who flunked out, <laughs> or or who barely could have qualified, and that's who you who you're gonna have to you know, that's who you're gonna have to throw out there now, and you know it. Wow. Yeah. 
that that does have a huge impact and also that you know the the heavy lifting that that Katie Sackhoff does in this episode is rather impressive and and yeah. just that 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 dressing down from Adama which is is totally soft selling that mm-hmm. you know that's not a dressing down that is like an actual gutting mm-hmm. like an emotional gutting because he is all that she has for family yep. Because we t- we learn about her mom later on, yeah, and and that wasn't good. Nope. You know, we learn that you know her relationships don't exactly go well, and nope. so the old man is all she's got, mm-hmm. and to and to get like emotionally gutted like that, like we talked about it in uh, we talked about it in in our breakdown, and then uh, we might have even talked about it again because it is one of those little moments that I'm just like it blows me away because it, it to me it it just it's one of those things that Battlestar did where they hold on her walking out and go, going down the hallway and she does that thing where she where Katie Sackhoff like puts her hands on her head almost like ready to yeah. tear her hair out just oh, like yeah. like frustration emotional like just ready to to break one just a great little bit of business from her just to a, an expression of just like so many different emotions all at once yep no, but the 100%. fact that they in, they in that show, they would actually show you that moment. They mm. didn't cut away and they didn't say, well, we can save five seconds here. They held on that moment and gave you that little bit of yeah. her walking away and, and just even showing like how broken she was by all of that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Between, from those things, yeah, I got I to gotta go with active contrition. Nice. Yep. You you sold me on it, sir. A you sold me on it. Roman Reigns-esque change. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes you just got to sub things in when you're doing this booking. You you, you got to work with what's happening and how the crowd. You got to read the crowd. Sometimes you got to roll the hard six. Exactly. All right. So now we are into matchup number six here in round one. And this is a, a, a Starbuck v. Starbuck. Sophie's choice for me. I mean, this is a like mirror a mirror match of sorts. <laughs> this is like having to choose. Be you know, it's like what is it, the Good Son, where the the mother has the two kids there. She's got to figure out which one she's gonna drop. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of the same thing for me here. So we have the Farm from season two against Scar from season two as well. The Farm is summarized as Adama reassumes command. Part of the fleet jumps with Rosalind back to Cobol. Starbuck Hilo and the Cylon Boomer leave Caprica. And then Scar is summarized as Starbucks mental state is in question as Galactica's fighters are hunted by a veteran Cylon Raider known as Scar. Mm-hmm. What do you got here, sir? Uh, this was another tough one. Uh, the farm is a strong episode. Uh, we have Anders and Starbuck, you know, getting it on. Um, and, uh, and and it's a creepy episode, you know, especially... Which is, which is then informed by the plan when, you know, when she's like, you know, he's he's beneath her. Yeah. And the other one's like, or maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Cavill's like, what'd you? And then Cavill basically pulls a gorilla monsoon. Would you stop? <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, uh, my goodness. I forgot yeah. about that. that. That is fantastic. And oh, it is such a creepy episode. Such oh, it is. a creepy episode. Yeah, and and in the the Cylon like it almost Simon, turns into a it turns into it, it goes horror at, for a few moments there, like yeah. a serious body horror moment. Oh, 
Yeah, the the Cylon uh, Simon debuts, and and he was kind of an interesting cat because he would always just kind of pop in and out out of you know really nowhere, and and I don't know, I, ne- I never felt he was a very consequential Cylon in in of uh, yeah. all the models. He was just kind of like there, you know, carrying out whatever sort of stuff was going on. But um, well, at least he had it. At least he had it better than Doral. Oh my gosh. Oh jeez. Yeah. <laughs> The Brooklyn Brawler of the Cylon models. Don't lock me up here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, um, he was wearing a a burgundy blazer. I'm I'm wearing a blue one. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, at that point, like he's like, can you at least give me some sort of line just to show how stupid my character is? Because everybody knows it. Just yes. Just let's I, get it out in the open, please. I just want to be a rage beast. That's all I am. <laughs> yeah. Just give me some give me some closure at least. Like let right. me let let people know that I'm in on the joke please yeah so yeah the 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 farm is very much a a horror episode but i have scar uh the the only thing i wrote for scar was triple threat starbuck v cat v scar um yeah and and that's really what it is it's it's really um you know cat is kind of starting to get the better of starbuck and i'm kind of in the middle of my season two rewatch uh and and right now i'm on um uh, the final cut, which I believe at that point, Cat is kind of overdoing it with stems, and so I, I want to say in yeah. Star, she's starting to clean up her act, and Starbuck is the one who is, you know, kind of starting to go off the rails a bit, and and yeah. so, uh, you know, she she gets Starbuck to wager her uh, beer stein, uh, and uh, they which they, has like the the stone cold smoking skull on, if I'm not mistaken, yes. like something very close. Oh yeah, yeah, and and basically through some. Uh, uh, you know, kind of teamwork, not not really intentional, but uh, you know, Cat ends up taking out Scar. But Scar is an interesting character because it's the Cylon Raider who has learned over multiple iterations and downloads uh you know how to fight the 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 fleet and and is you know shown some intelligence in terms of what what he's doing and so it's it's just a very well done episode i i like the fact there they were choosing to give a cylon raider kind of a personality and and even when you see scar i mean he he looks like this beat up you know kind of like war-torn raider who is looking to i I mean they just do a great job of almost giving it like a human face with it being with it being human you know yeah. um so i i went with scar i i felt it, it, as as much as the farm uh is is a very creepy but good episode uh scar just outshines it and uh i'm giving the nod to the triple threat and i would agree i i i i think for all of the reasons that you've given hmm. um you know scar is a, is a great episode however i got gotta give a little love for the farm because the, the farm is really showing starbuck for one of the first times vulnerable yeah you know because yeah. up until now she's just been this you know badass and here she's kind of shown as kind of being laid up and 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 not you know sure she manages to escape but she does end up needing help to get rescued you know and that's not that's a little bit unusual for that character at that point and it was a very unusual episode especially kind of that early in the show to kind of have this like oh my gosh this is really going to kind of a a weird sort of place um but yeah for uh, yeah. for my money yeah, scar is definitely the better episode the one complaint i have is that we get this thing in season two which i thought was a fantastic idea that it's not just the 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 human cylons the who are who are able to uh resurrect but 
it's Centurions and the well, at least the Raiders, because I, I don't know if they ever explicitly said that the Centurions resurrect, but that the fact that the Raiders can resurrect, which I was like, that's that is such a novel idea, but they never did anything else with it. Which right. to me would have been right. fascinating if at yeah. some point you're you're you you realize that it's just. But I get it too because then you're like, okay, well then how are they going to keep on fighting these things that keep getting better when yeah. you know there's a limit to how good the humans can get? So I get I get that in some ways, but it's kind of a bummer that we didn't get a follow up on that. And no more was done with it. That just turned out like there was this one raider, and then they managed to kill that one raider, and then that's that's the end of it apparently. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, but it is, it is a great episode. It is great for the the cat versus Starbuck thing, um, and showing that Starbuck is, uh, you know, and, and in another way too, is is somewhat fallible. Mm-hmm. That even though you know you kind of get that, like she, you know, she considers herself a bit of a screw up, but she's a badass at what she does. But then you get this, you know, this moment when you know she shows that she is not always the top dog, and yeah. um, and was able to be somewhat gracious about it. Uh, begrudgingly, even though up until the moment when, she, when she's going to pour the pour the stein full for Cat, you're like, oh, she's going to deck her. She's totally going to deck her. She's going to punch her right in the forehead. It's going to be a melee. <laughs> and, but no, she she is gracious and uh, and uh, yep. you know, and she raises Cat's arm, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I'll go with Scar as well. So now we move on to matchup number seven. We are getting close to the end of round one here. This is Occupation from season three against The Sun Also Rises, which is also from season three. Occupation is summarized thusly. Four months into the Cylon occupation of New Caprica, the resistance continues to back both Cylons and collaborators. Uh, No. The Resistance continues to attack both Cylons and collaborators. Meanwhile, Adama and Apollo argue over the plan to rescue the colonists. The Sun Also Rises is summarized as when Baltar's representatives face assassination attempts. Adama asks Apollo to protect Baltar's lawyer. Mm. Which one you got here, sir? This is a matchup of debuts. We have the yes. debut of Romo Lampkin in The Sun Also Rises. Mm-hmm. And in Occupation, we have uh, a, a new superstar in the BWF coming in at a weighty 289 <laughs> pounds. Fat Apollo, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, uh, no. I, I think he's I think he's definitely up, up over three. He's up over three, <laughs> Bills. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, did you see the jowls on that man? Oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh. They they did such a great job of making him look bigger. Uh, it was funny. King um, Kong Bundy Apollo is more closer to the... Oh, jeez. Absolutely. Uh, but in in occupation, uh, we have uh, we have that debut. We we you know we see that Apollo and D are married. Um, you know we have the whole Leoben Starbuck, uh, just kind of horror situation where she's you know kind of stuck in her own individualized prison cell that's made to look like her apartment uh, back on Caprica. Uh, we have one-eyed Ty. We have Cavill and Ellen. We have Ty oh. Anders and Tiro leaving leading a resistance, and we have Gaeta as the informant. 
There, there's just so much going on in this episode, and and not that the sun also rises wasn't a good one because Romo Lampkin ends up being somewhat of of a uh, uh, you know a, a a signature character for the series. Um, mm-hmm. But it's really when you get right down to it, it's it's the debut of Romo Lampkin, and it's basically you know him talking to Apollo about you know his his you know grandfather and you know being a lawyer and getting Apollo to think more about being a part of it. Just, uh, you know, it has some emotion to it. It has some impactfulness. Um, but but I just felt like Occupation was just, uh, you know, kind of a, a, in a class of its own, you know, in terms of what it was accomplishing as as the uh, season three, uh, you know, kind of premiere episode. So I'm going to uh, give the nod to Occupation. As much as I like Romo Lampkin, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we got to give Fat Apollo his due. And so he, he will advance in this bracket uh all three bills uh plus so uh, how about yeah. you yeah oh my gosh the, and the time when when i think it doesn't doesn't adam at one point tell him to get his fat ass out of the out of his office or something like that? i believe so because <laughs> <laughs> i mean uh, you know bill adam at this point in his life is not exactly slim and trim but he, yes. even him he's like okay you you're going too far like put right. down the eclair apollo like right. it's, you, you can skip a meal throw, throw in a salad every so often <laughs> like good god you couldn't even get you couldn't even fit into a viper right now like yeah we'd, we'd have to like grease the cockpit in order to slide <laughs> you in there um <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, I'm also going uh, with occupation, like for all the reasons that you said. And I and I'm, Romo Lampkin is one of my favorite, you know, BSG kind of characters that just floats in and out of of things, mm-hmm. almost like Leoben in some ways. Even though Leoben was was one of the Cylons and at times would be very involved, he would just kind of disappear. Yeah, for long periods of time, and you and you'd see six, you'd see Cavill, you'd see, you know, you'd see Boomer, Sharon, and you know, you see all these other Cylons. And Leoben, like all of the Leobans were just like, nah, we're 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 off finding ourselves or whatever yeah. whatever Leoben was doing, you know? Yeah. And I just it was always interesting when he would kind of float back into things. And and same with with Romo. It would just be like, Oh yeah, and this guy's just gonna kinda Oh, he's back. Oh, yeah. okay. Him and his his imaginary cat um are back. And uh you know as as interesting as that is and as as much as it's kind of sowing the seeds for you know putting Apollo in this different area where you know he's no longer the fighter jock or he's no longer the commander of the Pegasus or any of that and into this different area for Apollo and taking that character in a much different direction than than you would normally see in a lot of different sci-fi shows or even just shows where you, you almost totally change a character yeah their profession and their you know somewhat their personality which they'd already done with Apollo like he'd he went from you know like the most unlikable character in the miniseries and he's supposed to be like one of the heroes and he's yeah. all, he's like incredibly unlikable to somewhat likable to you know a guy that you're kind of rooting for and then to this other thing where you're like I'm not sure what the hell's going on with Apollo anymore <laughs> like, yeah who is he yeah. he doesn't even know um, you know and it, it's kind of interesting that really Apollo is having a four season long identity crisis yep and, and this is part of it and it's very interesting but yeah occupation just has so much going on yeah. so much i mean and you just take a loan again uh, and i gotta go back to my uh i gotta go back to my champ um you know katie sackoff just finding new and interesting ways to kill leoben <laughs> 
and then just calmly having her dinner, knowing, oh, well, you'll yeah. be here in another 15, 20 minutes. Yep. I have time to eat my steak at least. Um, oh, my gosh. It's, yeah, that's a mother of an episode, man. It oh, is. my goodness. It yeah, there's just so much that's going on and being set up for Intense. in the future. Yeah, yeah. It's tough to go with anything else, really. All righty. So we agree on that one. And then we have the final matchup in round one. This is the Eye of Jupiter from season three and the Hand of God from season one, both of which dealing with um, God. So here we go. Uh, <laughs> I mean, hey, well said. I'm just throwing it out there. Just throwing um, it out there. The Eye of Jupiter is summarized thusly. While collecting algae on a barren planet to use as food, Tyrrell discovers the Temple of Five built by the 13th tribe. However, a tense standoff ensues when the Cylons arrive looking for the temple. The Hand of God from Season 1. With a fleet running desperately low on fuel, the crew of the Galactica begin to plan an ambitious operation to capture a heavily guarded Cylon-controlled Tilium asteroid. What do you got here, sir? Well, this one is another uh, it breaks your heart sort of moment. Um, but, uh, you know, in thinking about it, I, I you know, and again, season one just had some real gems in, in it um, mm. and, and many of them. And Hand of God was one of them. Um, you know, th- this is a great episode where Starbuck is having to learn what leadership is uh, and not being able to go out and fly a mission uh, on her own. And, and, you know, I really enjoyed, you know, this was uh, one I recently rewatched and, you know, as, as much as Adama wants her going out, I love that, you know, whole thing where he's walking her through like how many G's it, you know, you, for your leg to kind of hold up, you know, she's, Oh yeah. You know, nursing a bum leg from, from when she crashed on that planet. Um, you know, and he just uh, kept, keeps throwing the plates on just no mercy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. And, and her leg can't hold it. And, and, you know, so he's, he's kind of teaching her about what he does on a daily basis in, in some ways. And then of course the whole like strategy and the way they kind of roll out the attack on the Cylons. And this was really the first time we've seen the fleet go on the offensive against them. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then just, just the whole thing with Apollo, you know, kind of having to, um, you know, kind of make it up as he goes and, and, you know, the way he kind of, you know, pulls a Starbuck by, by going through the mines and kind of popping up where no one can shoot at him. And he, uh, and, and ends up accomplishing the mission. Um, just, just was a great episode uh top to bottom um not not saying i have jupiter is not good or not impactful but it just that that hand of god episode just really you know kind of resonated more with me um you know this one uh the, the eye of jupiter you know certainly has impact on the series as it's you know that temple is very key to them uh in their journey and um you know we we again have you know diana beers kind of being the sneaky cylon you know in terms of what she's doing trying to make deals and then you know kind of end arounding them uh you know with the fleet but um but ultimately, like this episode is really also around Apollo and Anders butting heads and Starbuck and, and D and, and all of that. And, it, it, you know, it's not that it doesn't resonate the same, but I, I just feel Hand of God is just a better episode, you know, from top to bottom. Um, and so I'm I'm giving it the nod. Yeah, and I agree uh, for all the reasons that you say, um, you know, I have Jupiter again, very important to the the, the progression of the series for the furthering of the story. But yeah, you can't, again, you have to give a nod to some of the OG episodes. And like you said, Apollo pulling a Starbuck, like him going through that, 
the uh, the tunnel where there's barely enough room to fit. I mean, it kind of it gives you a little bit of callbacks to like, you know, the Millennium Falcon throwing flying through the Death Star and Return of the Jedi, and then you all but you also kind of get that vibe of like you know. Like I'm gonna do this thing, and you you yeah. can almost see him kind of making some of the same faces as like Starbuck mm-hmm. in the miniseries when when she like locks Vipers with with Lee to bring him into the hangar bay, mm-hmm. and he's like coming in a little fast, don't you think? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that was funny. And you know, of course, I think I think at one point doesn't doesn't Adama say to her to say to Starbuck like "Welcome to the big leagues" or something mm-hmm. when she has to sit there and listen to the whole thing. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And then of course we finally get to see you know after after seeing this this ship in every flyby uh, from this series not not only this series but also like the OG Battlestar Galactica from like 1978-79. This weird looking ship that just has like these containers. Like shipping containers just glued to it, right? To make it look, uh, yeah, that looks like a ship. Sure, put a put a rocket on the back of it. Yeah, perfect. That's a ship. We actually get to see that thing come in handy for for where the vipers are. So it's like that's where they they end up hiding the vipers in the in Starbucks out of the box plan. Which I was yeah. like, hey, those things. That thing actually plays a purpose. Like it actually plays a role in the show somehow. That's awesome. That was great. Um, that was great. Yeah, and and like you said, uh, and then and not only that, but then the the actual kind of title of this coming coming from the fact that Baltar totally guesses. Yes. Like where, like what the uh, what is it, the generator or something that they have to blow up? Like he totally guesses, like BSs his way through the whole thing, and this ends up starting this whole process of like, you know, you know, head six telling him like, oh no, you know, you you need to listen to God. You are God's instrument, and this and that and the other. Oh, it's it's just it opens up so many things. It's great. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so that settles all of the matchups from round one. We are now into round two. So the first matchup here is our winners from the first and second matchups from round one. So for you, that is no exit versus he that believeth in me, and for me, that is a disquiet follows my soul versus sacrifice. Who have you got, sir? Oh, this was tough. This was tough. Oh my gosh, you've already uh, they're all tough. Yes, they're all tough. Come on. It breaks the heart. Let's What do you got? It's tough. Um <laughs> <laughs> I I went with no exit. I I felt the the just the background story of of the final five and and how it all played a role in the entire you know genesis of of you know the cylons attacking and wiping out the humanity uh i thought was just awesome you know just i thought it was great storytelling and uh as much as i like uh, he that believeth in me and uh and and you know you know car coming back and and it being you know just kind of a uh you know, just this sort of twist on Starbuck being with the fleet, but not part of the fleet. Um, you know, great episode in its own right, but but I just I just felt impact wise, uh, no exit uh, gets the nod. So that's what I'm going with. All right. Well, for me, uh, I got to go with sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, love the disquiet follows my soul. Big episode, but. I, I'm I'm kind of a sucker for some of these little self-contained episodes. I, I do enjoy those. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Which is funny because one of the things that I truly enjoy about Battlestar Galactica is just these overarching storylines. You know, multiple storylines that just go through entire seasons or, or multiple seasons and just when you think that they're gone, they come back and all and, and, and these things that I hadn't really gotten in other sci-fi TV shows. It's one of the things I just truly love about that show and why I think it's so perfect. And it's funny to me that I what that makes me appreciate is kind of these little standalone episodes as well. And those yep. are ones that kind of stand out and it, it's kind of weird. I, and, I just and, find that and they amusing. emotionally resonate, you know, the, yeah, like, yeah. like they, they just click with you a certain way and, and it becomes, you know, it's kind of like what contrition is for me, you know, or, or sorry, mm. not contrition. Um, what was the one with, uh, the chief, not active contrition. Um, what was the one? Oh, dirty hands. Dirty yeah. hands. So coming up next. Yes. All right, so for matchup two and round two, we have the winner of uh, matchups three and four from the previous round. So for you, that is Dirty Hands versus Blood on the Scales. Mm -hmm. For me, it is Dirty Hands versus Water. So who have you got, sir? Wait a minute, so Dirty Hands versus Water. Aren't those clean hands coming out? (laughs) Pretty much, yes. Yeah. (laughs) Dirty Hands with Blood on the Scales or even Dirtier Hands. (laughs) Yes, so, indeed. Uh, my yeah. So so this one is the Chief Terrell uh, focused episode with uh, uh, dirty hands, and then blood on the scales is the uh, Gata. Uh, of, oh gosh, I'm forgetting. I, all I can think of is Zach right now. Zarek. Uh, <laughs> good lord. No, Zach uh, was dead a long time before I know, this. No, no, it, it was the Zarek Gata insurrection uh, of the, uh, against Adama, and uh, I, I got to give that the the nod. Um, as much as I like the Chief episode, um, you know, blood. On the scales just is uh just kind of in its own level uh in terms of of quality storytelling depth um just dimension to it 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 was just so good and uh and of course it has our presidente uh you know just ready to wreak holy vengeance upon all those who cross her an airlock for you all so i'm oh no an airlock is too good for him (laughs) airlock is too good that's gonna be like ripping them apart that's Uh, that was like her her like sam jackson ezekiel moment like yes yeah i will rain down my vengeance upon oh yeah oh my goodness sam jackson in that moment would be like damn woman Absolutely. Calm down. It's okay. Absolutely. It's all right. Um, Yeah. So uh, for me, Dirty Hands versus Water. Uh, Man, I love Dirty Hands. Love it. It's a a great episode, great character building episode, but got to give it to the OG. Got to give it to Water. Uh, Again, another classic setups for something, you know, we hadn't seen in in sci-fi shows before and and something that they would do going forward. Like you, you have, hey, we need to find water. We need to find fuel. We need to find food. Right. And right. these were, were serious issues for them and and leading into the idea of you know, hey, well we found this other planet, you know, it's not Earth. And people were just like, Yeah, you know what? I'm really freaking tired of this. So yeah. Yeah. good enough, you know. So like the people who who made it all the way out to Oklahoma and were like, Yeah, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the Pacific Ocean is highly overrated. Yes. Um all right, so uh, this leads us to matchup three for round two. This is uh, our winners of five and six. So we have Act of Contrition versus Scar for both of us here. Uh, which are you going to take, sir? 
as much as I uh, enjoy active contrition uh, and uh, think it is a quality episode uh, with you know the the emotion and intensity of uh, you know Starbuck talking with Adama, uh, I actually got to give the nod to Scar. I I just uh, and it probably goes against a lot of what I had said before um you know i i feel that act of contrition is a very very strong episode but um i i do like um i i do enjoy scar and and think it is a a you know a standalone uh strong episode um and and so i'm gonna have that advance uh instead of uh, active contrition look at you changing your results as we go here yes i am because you, you did such a good sales job on me earlier that i've got to i gotta change it up man i the more i think about it i'm just i've i've i, I was set to go with scar like we were gonna go even steven on this one and active contrition man it it is such a tour de force performance by by Katie Sackoff, but also by uh, by uh, Eddie Olmos. Mm-hmm. Eddie Olmos just, I mean, because as we know, I mean, and uh, anyone who's listened to us for a long time probably sick of us always defaulting to wrestling vernacular and terminology and and kind of examples <laughs> when citing drama, but it's it's the same thing, and it's kind of good shorthand because a lot of the wrestling is basically just drama microwaved instead of using the baking instructions like mm-hmm. it's just it's we're operating on a much quicker scale yeah you know yeah um, a much quicker time frame I should say so you know but this idea of you know it, it, it it's like a uh, Mick Foley had talked about you know when he when he decided to come out as and, and reveal himself as cactus Jack and he said if if Triple H hadn't sold it as like he was seeing a ghost like if he hadn't sold it as 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 being terrified then it would have been dead as as a doornail right there yeah and it's the same thing like katie sackoff doesn't have anything to play off of if if edward james almost isn't going like full bore and giving you like this thing that you just buy is totally believable and and going in a very interesting way where he's not he isn't going to just like run her down and scream at her and everything like he gets kind of quiet and very intense and truly scary yeah yeah you know like that's the that's the one that you got to be terrified of a little bit too is that just that intense you know that intense moment um yeah i think i think it's just (sighs) can i make uh, a late change yeah you're already doing it well i just figured i would ask and Ask you know, for forgiveness later. No, it's fine. But uh, but just to fin- just to finish up, I just I I yeah, it's such a, it's such a great episode, and Scar is is great in and of itself. Uh, another great performance by Katie Sackhoff, and mm-hmm. and also by um, the the actress who plays Cat. Um, I mean, even Bodie almost who who a hot dog goes back to try and save Starbuck, and yep. you know, yep. it just kind of oh my gosh is great, you know. But but yeah, just can't really compete with the, with active contrition because you have all of those things at play. Plus, you just have that idea of of setting up some characters who are going to have a huge impact going forward. Like you like that's where we get hot dog. That's where we get cat. Yeah. That's where I think there's a couple of other of the the nuggets who end up kind of becoming somewhat, you know. Prime, I, I don't know if this is a, a good terminology, but like primary third tier mm-hmm. characters, you know, mm-hmm. like people who you see who are like the Sasinuses of later seasons, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, OK, so you're already going back. You're, you're now going from Scar. You're going to active contrition as well. Yeah, I 
I know what I just said. Um, <laughs> but as I was saying it, I, I, I wasn't feeling it in, in, in my gut. And so uh, as Uncle Todd was talking, uh, similar to how I convinced him in the, in the uh, opening brackets, uh, he, he has once again helped me to see the light. Uh, and uh, again, Not the Scar is a bad episode, uh, but I, I agree with everything you've said. And, and you know, we discussed earlier about it. I, I have to uh, make a late scratch and uh, let Active Contrition advance uh, into our next round. I see. So upon further review. Indeed. We've the uh, the officials in in New York have looked this over and decided that we need to feed the point spread, so uh, it's it's actually not pass interference. Um, all right, so <laughs> thank you. The the fourth and final matchup from round two is the winners of seven and eight from round one. So we have occupation versus hand of God for both of us. Mm. So what do you got on this one, sir? Uh, I'm going to go occupation. Um, I feel that compared to Hand of God, uh, there's more intensity, a lot more going on. Um, it, it sets the pace for what is to come in season three, at least the first half. And, uh, and Hey, you know, we got fat Apollo. So, um, true. but, uh, no, I, I, I just think this is just, you know, again, both episodes are very good. Um, Hand of God is a very focused story on kind of one particular objective and thing going on. Um, and I just feel occupation, just weightiness and, uh, you know, the, the multi-dimensionality of it, I just feel is, is stronger. So I'm just going to go with, uh, I'm going with occupation. No late scratch on that one. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, for me, I'm going with Hand of God. Ah, all right. And nice. uh, I, I agree with you on all points. I mean, I, again, this is another one where it's like <laughs> kind of a toss up. Yeah. Occupation yeah. Is, is a huge episode and, and does a lot of of laying of groundwork for season three, especially the the, the first third of it, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and does it so well. And 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 like you said, with such intensity, I mean, for, for crying out loud, you ended the episode with somebody, you know, like setting off a suicide bomb. Yeah. You know, yeah. As part like it's of the gotten resistance. to that point for the, for the fleet. Yeah. It, and it's, it's, it's a very uncomfortable thing. Cause it's like, Oh my gosh, that's the heroes. Yeah. <laughs> the heroes yep. are, are, be, are engaging in terroristic behavior. Yeah. Okay. Now I've really got to wrap my head around this. And, and again, like uh, something that BSG never let you never let you off lightly. They, it, it really always made you think about something. Mm-hmm. You know, it never really just gave you an easy out on on really anything. Um, so I, I always appreciated that. However, um, I did like how in this in Hand of God, you really got to see a different side of Lee. You mm. got to see Lee come through. And yeah. it was it was kind of the beginning of when you really started to kind of root for Lee. Because, again, yep. he was so unlikable at the very beginning of this, which was a great way to go, honestly. It was a great way for them to go because it, it – oh, my gosh, excuse me. Pardon me for all the people who are going to hear that because I, I'm not going and editing everything out anymore uh, for these 18-hour episodes that we're doing for the Battlestar Galactica of Racket. Uh, so uh, you got to listen to me, like, have my tonsils reverberate through the microphone. That was awesome. <laughs> Wasn't um, as bad as you thought, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, so, but, you know, to then get to a point where you start kind of rooting for the guy, mm. which is a big mm. change. It's a yeah. big change from the very beginning because uh, they did, they, they did, a, they kind of went the other way from the, the original Battlestar, like 78, when 
hey, everyone's family and we all get along. And oh, aren't we mm-hmm. all? So we're all the goody guys. And here it's like you meet Apollo and you're like, this guy is an a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. right from the jump. Um, and, you know, getting to that point where we're like, oh, okay. And it shows a different side of Starbucks. You see, you see a different side of a lot of these different characters very early in the show like this is season one mm. and and you're already getting multiple facets of these characters so i really appreciate that plus it's the you know it's the first kind of big victory for the for the colonials and you also have the the thing with baltar kind of furthering him along the line of of this this uh, monotheistic idea that head six is really kind of leading him into which eventually is going to lead to him having his harem cult so i mean hey we've got that to look forward to uh just a whole lot of of, of interesting things happening in that episode that i i just have to give it the nod nice which now leads us into round three and things are getting a little tense here so we've got two matchups here uh this is going to be the winner of uh the matchups are one and two from round two. So for you, sir, that is no exit versus blood on the scales. And for me, it is sacrifice versus water. What do you got, sir? Uh, I am going to give blood on the scales the nod. I, I uh, it, you know, as much as I like no exit and the storytelling impact that it has, uh, I basically, uh, you know, just basically feel like blood on the scales still stands strong, uh, just, you know, layered, deep, intense, and uh, just with, with a great story, tragic story. Uh, and so mm-hmm. I am going with that to advance into the finals. All right. Good. Well, you know, I mean, you love a good firing squad. You've told me that on many occasions, so I I, I totally understand. That I do. Uh, and for me, coming down, this is kind of where uh, Sacrifice was pretty much the Cinderella of this this region for me, and uh, this is where Cinderella is uh, is getting out of the pumpkin. There's This is it, because uh, Sacrifice just doesn't hold up against water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as much as I enjoy that, Water is really just one of, to me, is one of those episodes that is a signature episode. And, you know, that in 33, um, and an act of contrition as well, really from that first season, are, are some of the ones where you're just like, yep, that is, these are some, d- d- uh, like, fundamental DNA chunks for mm-hmm. this show. You know, that we're, it's almost like a, you know, like with the Constitution, well, here's the Constitution, and now here's the Bill of Rights, and you kind of think of it's all together, but no, those got added on later, and, you know, no one ever thought they would hear me discuss the the Bill of Rights and the Constitution in terms of Battlestar Galactica, so you're welcome. (laughs) Um, I also happen to be a constitutional scholar, like uh, like many people these days on Facebook. Very nice. So, um, but yeah, I got to give it to Water. It, it's mm-hmm. again, it is just so fundamental to to what that what the show was and and what it became. Billy had a good run, like the one two three kid. Yep, no Bronco Buster for him. Um, no, no. Once again, uh, did not answer the bell for the last man standing. Jeez. <laughs> oh, he was uh, it was a it was a count out for Billy. How about we put it that way? That's that's that is uh accepted. All right. And uh well actually no, wait a minute. Wasn't it what what happened with Paul Bearer? Where was the last time that he was on TV like didn't he like disappear into a boiler room and that was like his it, technically his last appearance as Paul oh, Bearer? I don't know. I thought he was I thought they did like a buried alive sort of thing and that was kind of they wrote his character off that way or something. Well, I thought he came back after that and I thought one of the things like he just disappeared into this like boiler room and and that Might was have. just it. Yeah. 
you know, Billy. Uh, yeah, pretty much. pretty much. All right. So uh, the second matchup here from round three, this is the winner of three and four from the previous round. So for you, that is active contrition versus occupation. And for me, it's active contrition versus hand of God. So um, what you got, sir? So I have uh, Starbuck and uh, Svelte Apollo uh, versus Fat Apollo. And, yes. Uh, and so I, I got to give the nod to uh, – no, I mean, it's uh, – you know, this is, of course, as we – you know, we, we've several times entered into uh, it breaks the hot uh, territory. Uh, this one is is no, no different. Um, occupation – just you know we've talked at length phenomenal episode but active contrition um you know just just gets the nod um it's it is uh a stronger focused episode um you know for all the reasons we've talked about and and just has um just has that that great great um uh you know just intensity to it um actually I, I screwed up. I, I think I was thinking of Hand of God when I said uh, Starbuck versus <laughs> Felt Apollo. I think it's just Starbuck <laughs> versus Fat Apollo. Sorry about that. Pretty much. Um, but nonetheless. Uh, no, no, there's, there's, a, there's a Svelte Apollo in there because remember, he's the one who kind of spills the beans. To, yeah, but, <laughs> like but in, I, I was thinking Hand of God where it's like Starbuck and Apollo against, you know, the oh, thing. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. And, and I wasn't thinking about the right episode. So Gotcha. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, just for all the reasons we've, we've mentioned before and, and how good it is. Um, it, it is just a phenomenal, phenomenal episode from season one, uh, worthy of the finals. And uh, uh, once again, uh, thanks to Uncle P- Uncle Todd for uh, helping me, uh, you know, see the light and 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 uh, and advance the correct episode in terms of quality, value, and uh, entertainment. Well, I I do what I can, and then you know. Maybe next episode I'll refer to myself as the Prophet Todd. Uh, no, oh, I, I shan't do that. <laughs> then, because then I got to get a compound, and that's just way too expensive. You know, I mean, <laughs> I, I, you know, power's going up, gas is going up. I can't afford a compound. I just, yes. I, you know, barely afford a shack and a lean-to. You know, that's really <laughs> it. You got to have goats. You got to have gardens. You got, I mean, it's a whole, you get generators and all this stuff. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing, it's you know. It's a whole thing. Just ask Baltar. I mean, and he only had like a harem cult in a, in a room. I mean, that didn't technically qualify as a compound. And I'm sure the maintenance on that and the upkeep and the cleaning and the, 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 you know, just the, the running, the dailiness of it, you know, it, oh, it's just, oh, it's just too much. Anyways. <laughs> What the hell was I talking about? All right. Uh, yeah. Active contrition Your versus hand of God. Yes. Uh, I mean, hey, you, you probably see all this coming. Uh, the Starbuck episode is going to win out. Active contrition. Uh, it's, it is a, a another one of those fundamental episodes. It's just... And, and it's, it's tough because, I mean, you got this going against Hand of God, which I said is another one that's kind of a... A big, a bit of the DNA of the shows, but uh, act of contrition is it for me? It wins out. Indeed. All right. Excuse me. Almost waterboarded myself with my own spit yet again. But hey, it's hour sixteen for this episode, so that's only fair. Uh, we are now into round four. This is the finals. Time to get down and dirty here. It is blood on the scales versus active contrition for you and water versus active contrition for me. Oh, wow. are we going to agree? Is it going to come down to an agreement in this one or 
are you going to be wrong and am I going to be right? Which is, is it going to be, sir? Is it ever going to be an agreement? If if agreement is on the line, you always run <laughs> as far away from it as you can. What are you, who are you kidding? I love good. a good conflict. You know, good I got to I got to heal it up whenever I can to keep things interesting. So two plus two is four. Now it's five. Yep. <laughs> what I all of a sudden now I'm swallowing helium. What's going on here? <laughs> Turn into a chipmunk or something? Ah, yes. So, season four, Blood on the Scales versus Active Contrition, season one. Uh, as as phenomenal of an episode as Active Contrition is, as intense of an episode, as much as Adama says, leave while you can still walk. Oh, gosh. Uh, I gotta Chills, go with, dude. Oh, my gosh. I, I got to go with Blood on the Scales. I, I just felt like the, the insurrection story that they told really was the catalyst toward the end game and really um, just really kind of, you know, brought to bear and, uh, you know, some realities for certain characters and, and, and their inability to accept the direction of where things were going and, uh, and, and led to their end. And so I, I just... Uh, as as good an episode as Active Contrition is between Starbuck and Adama and and Lee, I just feel like blood on the scales and and just that you know I jokingly, but it, it is it, it is the tragedy of Felix Gaeta. It it is the the mm. end of the character who who had a very different start in in the beginning of the series and just through the the journey and the wear and tear was worn down to a place where uh, he he just couldn't accept things for what they are and 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 made some poor choices along the way. So, um, blood on the scales uh, is my my final pick coming out of region two. The chief, the all hail the chief bracket. Uh, uh, blood on the scales, my selection. I just, you know what, the award for under understatement of the year. You are now up for that award by saying, "Yeah, Felix Gata, he made some poor choices." Like, oh, he, like he tried did. to over. over <laughs> But just like that's that's a little bit of an understatement, don't you think? Like an armed insurrection is like, eh, it's a few bad choices. Well, <laughs> you know, he just got in with the wrong crowd. Like, well, it, twelve people got gunned down in Colonial One. A bunch of other led, people get killed, and, I, and, and I you know. But just a few bad choices. Just a couple. Well, he didn't order that. That was Zarek. The poor choice was partnering with Zarek. That was the problem. Which led to these other things, which makes it a bit of a bigger problem. Like, a, a few bad mistakes is like, eh, I shouldn't have ordered from that from that place for takeout. Oh, well. All right. <laughs> I'm Who just saying. picking? Move along. A, a massive understatement. Oh, good Lord. All right. So, uh, water versus active contrition. Um... Man, water was. I, I've I've defended water to the hilt here. <laughs> However, I just it sounds funny when you say it. it's like I've defended water <laughs> in a glass and a bowl. I've defended it. <laughs> it is one of my you know it is one of my favorite beverages. I mean I, I will Indeed. confess I love me a good glass of water. Um, However, uh, once again, I mean we can all see where this is where oh, this is heading. Lord. Ladies Act and gentlemen, we can have a four-way, fatal four-way between all Starbuck episodes, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly, because then, no matter what, I win. You know, that's how I look at it. Um, yeah, active contrition, man. Wow. Again, because just great performances all the way around, uh, particularly between uh, between Katie Sackoff and Eddie Olmos. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I got to give it to him. And 
it is a a great setup for those characters, a, a, a great development in this story, um, and uh, and just uh, like I said, great acting, great directing, great writing, the whole deal. I, I, it's a great complete episode. Very nice. And I'm just doing a little checking here. So based on our bracket from last week, you mm-hmm. have a season one episode coming out of that that region. This this episode, you have another uh, season one episode coming out of the region, and they are back to back episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that. So, wow. so basically, uh, active contrition uh, precedes uh, you can't go home again. So yeah, uh, Uncle Todd is on the the Katie Sackoff uh, final four bracket, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, and uh, and actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think 33 is well, it's definitely in one of the last two regions, but I think it might be the next. Uh, might be the next region so oh boy that's gonna that's be a tough gonna one a, dude that's gonna be a tough one to beat <laughs> i mean 33 is is basically one of the finest premiere episodes because it's not technically the pilot but yeah. i mean yeah. as far as like a, a a perfect episode of television is one of the top three agree you know examples so that's gonna be interesting well uh i'm glad that everyone was able to stick through the seven hours it took us to get here wake up <laughs> Yeah, yeah, if you're driving especially, uh, definitely. <laughs> and another thing. So uh, what do you got for in another thing this week, sir? Uh, so over the weekend, uh, my wife and I went out and uh, had a nice dinner. And then uh, right across the street from where we ate, uh, went to catch a movie called Cyrano. Uh, starring Peter Dinklage, Haley Bennett, Kevin Kelvin Harrison Jr., and Ben Mendelsohn, it is a uh, uh, retelling or, or you know, it, it's basically a musical romantic drama film um, of the story Cyrano de Bergerac, uh, who was uh. not written by Shakespeare as much as that loudmouth <laughs> at the movie theater two months ago <laughs> seemed to think it was. No, this is based on an Edmund Rostin play. So no, not. Not, not Shakespeare. Uh, no. Anyways, um, no, just uh, it, it was a well done, well done movie. Um, really enjoyed it, and you know, if if you are a fan of uh, Peter Dinklage, aka Miles Finch, aka Tyrion Lannister, uh, he, he. I love a, how you gave Miles Finch top billing over the Game of Thrones. That, Thank that you. That is how he is known in our house. It, it is all Elf. It is. It oh, is. He was it, so good in that too. He was oh fantastic my in that. Gosh. He's like, I dare you one more time. <laughs> <laughs> he was. I he want was the excellent. car to be seventy-two degrees. Oh my gosh! Yeah, because even on the phone before you even see him, like you just get it. Like, oh, this guy is a real jerk. And, and Andy Richter and the other uh, goofball. Yes, just like, it's it's just a thrill to talk to you on the phone. <laughs> Oh, gosh. oh man, uh, we got to do an Elf episode at some point. And he Anyways. was only in that movie for a total of like three and a half minutes. Ah, but 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 he made it his own. He oh, made he it did. his own. Oh yeah. Uh, but no, Cyrano, uh, really really well done. Re, uh, you know, retelling of of that story, and uh, and you know, wasn't sure what to think of it as a musical. Um, it it worked really well. I uh, thought it was you know just uh, you know a, a a nice adaptation of the story. Uh, and all the acting was really solid in it. Ben Mendelsohn is as villainous as, as he's ever been. Um, mm. 
a la Rogue One. Uh, and uh, yeah, so I, I just, you know, recommend it if, if you're looking for a, a date night kind of movie. Um, it, it is well done and, uh, you know, something that, that both uh, you and the missus uh, shall enjoy. So uh, yeah. Cyrano uh, in theaters now. Very nice. And well, for me, uh, I'm going to recommend an episode of Quest Love Supreme, which I can't remember if have I mentioned that podcast on here before. Uh, I don't think so. Okay, maybe I was talking to someone else about but it. But we all have bleeds done 96 episodes, so I can't say I remember them all. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the last three. I think I had to ask you like three questions about the last like couple episodes we did, and you know, so you're, where am you're, I? You're, <laughs> You're definitely ahead of me. Um, but uh, so Questlove Supreme, uh, great podcast, a lot of fun. So it's Questlove, uh, the drummer from The Roots, mm-hmm. also a, a wonderful raconteur and, uh, and repository of knowledge, musical and otherwise, uh, along with uh, his friends, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm still getting to know the other ca- the kind of the cast of characters who are his co-hosts because I've only listened to a couple of episodes. Uh, I believe this might have been a Questlove Supreme classic. So I guess he used to do the podcast on on one provider and then switched over to another. And now they're re-releasing some of those old episodes um, interspersed with new ones. But this is with a uh, with the actor comedian uh, David Allen Greer, who. Uh, Folks probably know really well uh, of a certain age from In Living Color, uh, which mm. was, I mean, my God, at a certain point, I mean, you couldn't, you couldn't go to like high school, junior high, how, wherever, wherever you felt that fell in that age bracket, without going on like a Monday or Tuesday without quoting sketches from that show. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, oh my gosh, it was great. And the thing that I didn't understand because I just. I, I just I, I guess I just never really followed David Alan Greer's career that much beyond in living color and a couple of other times I've seen him is uh, just his acting career prior to that and and how he was uh, you know a very serious stage actor and um, went to oh my gosh I think Yale hmm. I want, okay. it was an it was an Ivy League I believe it was Yale uh, it was an Ivy League school. Uh, he went to for acting like a, as a as a graduate student and, you know, was on Broadway, did a lot, you know, did a lot of stage acting and, um, you know, just some of the stories that he had. Like he was a he I forget what production he was in, but he, Sam Jackson was was part of the cast. And oh, my gosh, yeah. some of the stuff there. Um, but man, just a lot of the a lot of great stories with with him and uh Questlove and his co-hosts are just a, are a lot of fun asking really great questions but also just having an outrageous amount of fun and to me is just a great balance of a podcast you know because That's I feel cool. like sometimes we can go a little overboard with the fun and get to this place where I feel probably a lot of our listeners are like I don't really give a rat's patoot what you two are joking about because it's way funnier to you than anyone else um, but you know they they seem to be able to strike a good balance as a as a group of interviewers of, of being able to ask those really good questions and then also have a lot of fun doing it so nice highly recommend listen to any of their episodes but that this is a good one to start with because uh, I've enjoyed it a lot um, it's been very interesting but it's also been really funny like I'm, I listen to these when I'm on my exercise bike and a couple times I've almost fallen off the exercise bike because I'm just <laughs> gut laughing that's um, awesome but yeah Quest Love Supreme David Allen Greer is definitely well worth your time nice 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, friends and fiends, it has come to that time. We've hit uh, hour 11 in this episode. Uh, thank you for all of you who are still here. Uh, this is the Iron Man match portion <laughs> of Uncle the Todd season. Sounds apparently. like he's ready to collapse into, into his bed to take a nap. Oh, I feel like I. It, the problem is, I'm. I am. I'm feeling tired now. But as soon as I, I get everything packed away, I'm gonna be like wide awake, and I won't even be able to blink. So it'll be yeah. another two hours before I'm able to go to bed after this, because I've gotten to that point in my life now where I, I have to, I have to plan out my night. Like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna get to sleep now. But thank you all for tuning in. We definitely appreciate it. We, uh, we appreciate you bearing with us for uh, some of the the geekery that we decide to go through here and, and going through all of these Battlestar Galactic episodes. Uh, if you have not subscribed to our humble little podcast on the interwebs, what the hell's wrong with you? Seriously, I mean, come on. It's just a it's a click away. It's right there, and it would make us feel so much better. And if, if we've learned one thing from Tim's obsession with the Red 5 Star Wars trivia is that we both have terribly low self-esteem and we need every little bit of encouragement that we can. So uh, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find us at freerangeidiocy.com. All of our episodes are right there, and you you can subscribe directly through Podbean, the Podbean app, or you can find us on the podcast purveyor of your choice. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, several others. Go ahead and search for us. And you know what? If you don't find us, go ahead and send a message to Tim at freerangeidiocy.com and let us know where you'd like us to be and uh you know we'll see about getting you hooked up with that and if you have any questions complaints thoughts or uh, suggestions for future shows send those to tim at freerangeidc.com as well and mm-hmm. he'll get back to you forthwith asap pdq and uh you know before you know it he'll be right there jumping up into your inbox sliding up into that inbox like a smooth operator that he is thank you very much and if you want to move up a little further in the free range idiocy congregation what you got to do is you got to like us on the social medias because damn it we love us some us oh yeah that's sweet 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 follows and likes yes that's what we like oh yes oh yeah Gosh, you're slowly morphing into randy i know <laughs> like was, by way of the ladies man to behold there holy I, moly I, I don't know where it was going I, it was almost like a seance like i started to channel randy savage it was very weird and terribly disturbing i feel like i i feel like i need a shower and probably a restraining order um <laughs> That was I talking about? Oh, yeah, social media. You ought to like us on social media because, well, again, we need all the encouragement we can. Actually, we probably don't need any encouragement. We need therapy. But, you know, social media, closest thing we can afford. So you can find us on Facebook. 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 <laughs> now I'm going to Sean. Find us on the Facebook. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Like us on there. I don't know what you've done, sir. My yeah, goodness. So, that was a very good Sean Connery. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're on all three of those. At Free Range Idiocy is where you'll find us. And now, finally, thankfully, thankfully for all of humanity, I'm going to stop talking now. Uh, and also probably legally speaking, too, because I'm sure I'm about to say something that's actionable. So I'm going to hand <laughs> this over to the man they call Tim, but not before I ask the second most important question oh, humankind yes. has ever asked. The first, of course, being what is hip? The second being, what the hell did we learn this episode? We learned the following. Uh, we here uh-huh. at Free Range Idiocy uh, ha- have the stamina to to go for, for two and a half hours as we discuss BSG and all the it's wonder just, that it is. It's called bad judgment. That's what it is. 
<laughs> bad judgment and not being able to read the room. That's all it is. Oh, but sure, also, stamina. Let's go with that. We have also learned that Uncle Todd is slowly marching his way toward an all Katie Sackoff season one final four bracket, ladies and gentlemen. And he is yeah, the too- cream of the crop. There it is. Oh yeah, <laughs> ah, dig it. Um, we have also Careful, learned. You'll, you'll give yourself a brain hemorrhage doing that too long. Uh, I can't see out of my left eye right now. So <laughs> you have that to look forward to. We we have also learned that uh, Uncle Todd, master of impersonations, Sean Connery, Randy Savage. What's next? Stay tuned and find out. It's like a damn monster movie, indeed. And finally, a big thank you to our listenership. We had a, a uh, an, an upswing in the number of downloads for the week and uh, to the tune of, I think, 50-plus, uh, so we do appreciate it. Which uh, means at least 39 people misclicked on something. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> but, hey, no. we appreciate them anyways. You That's know, right. welcome. Welcome to the congregation, well, ladies do. and gentlemen. We Even do. if you got lost on the way here and you were looking for an In-N-Out burger, we don't care. Come on in. Come on in. You're welcome. Uh, but as we like to uh, end our our journey, our time together, uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, be good to one another. And uh, for no other reason than Uncle Todd uh, wants to make a few shillings off these impersonations, please, would you hit the lights on the way out? It's like I picked the wrong week to quit drinking. I beg your pardon, what did you say? He's the best. Larry. You walk. You're such a disappointing pair. I prayed so hard for you. Struck a nerve, have I? Which I find rather impossible to believe. You think this is over? This is not over! You have not had the nerve! No more Mr. Night Giant! <laughs> Hello, what have we here? Speak. I bring good news. We believe we have located the Battlestar Galactica. Oh? Give me my cheese wheels, boy. Oh, hell no. Are you alive? Yes. You won't. <laughs> Mr. Trap, seven times in two days. Yes, a new Galactic record. <laughs> Rick, say that you've washed out. Rook, time to look for a new career. What do you want me to do, sir? Do you want me to beg for my billet? Do you want me to crawl? I want you to land your fracking bird without digging holes into my deck. How's that, huh? How about being a pilot? An officer worthy of the uniform. Take your job seriously. Don't let your personal life get in the way. All right, this is really touching. Can we get the hell out of here? Get out. And don't come back until you've redeemed yourselves. So say we all. So say we all. The doctor's in. Check your neuroses at the door. A lot of people have died on this ship. There's a lot of ghosts running around here. You don't want to pull them into your cockpit with you because you won't come back alive. Do you understand that? Yes, sir. I don't think you do, but maybe someday you will. You know? Break the trap tomorrow, Rook. Dismissed. Thank you, sir. I owe you one. (laughs) You and a lot of other people owe me one, but you know what? 
Very few people ever pay back, especially the ones that owe you their lives. <laughs> I'll pay you back one day, sir. And it really means something. You do that. Now get the hell out of here!